This is the Banker Bob Thought for October the 4th. I'd like to talk about firsts. Any first, any important first in your life. It could be the first World of Outlaw show. It could be the first time to the shore. It could be your first NASCAR race. It could be, well, this is a family show, so we'll just let it go with that. Period. Whenever that important something happens again, it's kind of like peeling a bandage off and then sticking it back on. It may stick, but it's not going to be as good as the first time. Listeners, joining us now is co-host Dave Oliveri. Dave, good evening. How are you? I'm doing good. A, a busy weekend, a fun weekend. Uh, you know, we had an opportunity to be at the Pittsburgher weekend, both you know Friday and Saturday. But we were able to you know join you on Saturday, and you know some great racing in both the Rush Creek Late Model Series and the Lucas Oil Late Model certainly didn't disappoint. I thought it was really funny when it was time for the national anthem. Can you explain what happened? Well. We have a, there's a new singer this year, her, her name is Brooke Newborn, and she sang Friday night. Well, as I, as, as we get into the story, she was going to sing Saturday night as well, and um, I guess she got caught up in traffic or whatever, and we're all, Ray Gossett and Leslie Gossett, are, they're doing the prayer, and Leslie was ready to, to sing the national anthem, or Jim was ready to put it on uh, a, a tape version of it, and I see this body, like, flying up the steps, and... Through the you know through the press box doors and into the thing and all of a sudden I don't even know how she sang the national anthem because if anybody's been to Pittsburgh and you have to run those steps it wins you and, uh, and she did a great job and she just I think it's going to be she's going to be a fixture at the Pittsburgher 100 for many years to come. She looked like Rocky coming up through the grandstands. 
Yeah, it was just not a good thing. I know if I did that, I'd be falling on my face as soon as I hit the door, but I guess <laughs> that's what age does to you, Don. I want to take a minute and thank Jane Miley and Tiffany Vetter for their hospitality. They had a lot of treats there for all the people working in the booth, plus the the people from the press on the other side. A lot of goodies. And I also uh, talked to Jane about her tribute to Jim Zufall. I said, I'm going to play it on the show. And she said, how'd you get it? You weren't even here. I said, I got people everywhere. <laughs> she, she just laughed, but uh, it was pretty cool. Uh, then uh, uh, Tyler Harris was uh, finally mentioned as the new announcer, and uh, there's quite a story there. You know, I uh, I first really got to know Tyler uh, on August the 15th of last year. Uh, he uh, he, we we were talking in the park a lot, and he said uh, actually it was August the first. He said, I'm supposed to be the announcer at Blanket Hill, and they told me that they don't need me. And I said, well, we need you at Rapping on Racing. Little did I know that he was um, a student at California University, my alma mater, and he studied communications with a focus on radio and TV. So when he told me about this, I thought, well, this kid's got a lot of talent. We're going to find a place for him. And uh, finally set up... uh, a meeting with him at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway the following week. He went down and introduced himself to Jim and the Miley's, and uh, that was at the George Steel City Classic. Then on August 15th, it was his first night as an employee. He was operating the scoreboard during the Ed Laboon Memorial. Then he started doing some on-track interviews uh, for uh, <clears throat> for them, plus the interviews for Rapping on Racing. And uh, he's got a pretty bright future there. He, and in addition to doing the on-track, he has worked as the race director, uh, the on-track, and the scoreboard. Now, early on, you know, when you're there, you do the on-track, and they find another spot for him. But uh, he's going to be in the air chair now. And uh, Jim was real pleased because he knew way back when, in December, that uh, he was going to retire. And he was concerned about who can we get to uh pick up the you know the job and it, it's it's perfect for tyler it was nice on friday night uh, you know, after jane did the uh the tribute you know i was down like normally in in the pit area and between some of the features uh, jim and i had a chance to you know chat back and forth and uh, just um it's tough replacing a legend and like jane alluded to when he had to replace dal carnahan and to do that in the seven years that he's done it and and I asked them, I said, Does, uh, what are you going to do on a Saturday night? Says, I believe me, my schedule is already full. So that will be, you know, that will be some, you know, you know, congratulations to Jim on what he's done and, you know, best of luck in the future. Well, and he also made it known that if Tyler has a commitment somewhere, somebody gets married or whatever, that Jim would be glad to fill in for him. So Pittsburgh's pretty lucky to have a, a new guy that's going to be great and the former guy who was great also to be there if they need him. Yeah, I've had an opportunity to several times now to work with Tyler uh, when he was filling in for Jim at the, end of the last year, and you know, he was up top, I was down below. So, I mean, I wish Tyler the best of luck. As Jim said, sometimes you don't know your replacement uh, is already better than you in, in many ways. And, uh, again, I think Tyler has a bright future ahead of him, Don. You had an opportunity to interview a very excited young lady. I did. Um, 
there's not very not very often that all the all the interviews that I do and all the racetracks we visit and you know Emmy Laboon uh, picked up her first four cylinder win it, and it's great Don and you probably witnessed it many many times when you see a young person no matter what division it is and they go through the growing pains and they start off slow and they get a little bit faster and they get a little bit faster you know she was knocking on the door and then. Friday night, she was a force to be reckoned for. She was throwing slide jobs, and that's a non-contact division. And to to see her in victory lane with, you know, Dad Ben and the success he's had over the years with, you know, him and Vince, and then with Daryl Charlier, I said it's kind of different perspective because when you're a car owner and it's a different driver, but when it's your daughter. It was very, very special that she you know, took that first lap around the racetrack with the checkered flag. Uh, I had a big smile on my face. Yeah, that, the interview you did with her will play in the second hour. Uh, earlier this season, uh, Smokey Shemp, uh, as per Marcia's wishes, uh, spread her ashes across the Lernerville Speedway. And she had indicated prior to her passing that she would like the same thing taken care of at Pittsburgh. So just prior to the big race, he spread the remainder of the ashes across the track. So Marsha will be with us forever. I think the great part of that was, too, I mean, that was a, a nationally televised on, you know, a Lucas or Mav TV Plus. And I just think for the fans that were in attendance and no smoky. And anybody that is heartfelt to see the love and that that she had for not you know only for Smokey, but the amount of times that she spent every Saturday night at that track as a concession manager, a ticket taker, and, and many different roles that she did. You know, to, as Smokey said, you know, to be part of Pittsburgh now, I know it meant a lot to him and his family. I think she's done everything except drive the water truck. <laughs> we she may have done that too. We just don't know. <laughs> You had a pretty important guest there with you. I did. Uh, I, I uh, good friend and uh, Pennsylvania Motorsports uh, Council founder Robert Johnson had to be at another event up in Marion Center with a state representative. He was in a side-by-side race, and he asked me to take care of another situation. And one of the local representatives, Devlin Robinson was invited to the track. Now, he had been there previously this year for a monster truck race, but, you know, that's more of a, an entertainment type event than to, to see an event that was on such a, a national level. Uh, it was just, he was in awe. And I had a chance to take him around and, and meet some of the drivers and, the, you know, team owners that were kind of in his his district. And we, we had a chance to talk to Logan and Jim Zarin. Then I took him down to Dan Lapro. And I knew Dan had had armed service background, but I didn't know what. And then as I find out, they were both Marines, so it was a that was a great scenario. Then we went down to he sees the Zrim pace truck and it has UMC on it and these guys were throwing out some kind of uh, marine lingo. I don't know what it was, or what the squadron or what division you're in and they got a chance to spend some time. And the only the only downside was is this a state representative, your time is very limited, and they had many, many functions, and he got to see the taste and the economic development that a race is the Pittsburgher, you know, puts on in Allegheny County, and especially in his district, and, you know, he definitely told me, he says, Dave, I'll be back again, and I'm looking forward to it. 
That's great. Hey, guests tonight include Jennerstein Speedway General Manager Bill Rebar, track champions A.J. Flick, Lernerville, Barry Audi, Jennerstein, Nick Kachuba, Pittsburgh. Yeah, Bill Korch has all the highlights from the Pittsburgher. The Rush Dirt Late Model Series competed in night two of the 11th annual Bill Hendren Memorial on Saturday at Pittsburgh. It was part of the 33rd annual Pittsburgher 100 with the Lucas Oil Late Models. Super Late Model standout Michael Norris passed Cal Lucon on lap 11 and drove a masterful race through lap traffic to keep Carl Hardy at bay over the final 17 caution laps to capture the 30-lap Bill Hendry Memorial 9-2, picking up a 3,200 feature win in the process time. Norris has now won two straight Touring Series events at Pittsburgh this year, as he has also pocketed $7,010 in the Juke George Steel City Classic in August and three of the last four special events for that division. Greg Wheeling's going to discuss the Dow Carnahan Memorial Race at Lernerville during the Stampede. And we want to remind everybody we're going to our once-a-month format now. And each month we will have three track champions to talk about. So a uh, pretty busy uh, night down at Pittsburgh. Some good racing. I think the last several laps when O'Neill was, was battling out, uh, out with the leader, that the, the fans were loving that. Yeah, I mean, Earl Person Jr. hasn't had a win in quite some time, and he's now changed, you know, car owners, and he, you know, he's driving the 46, which was his, his old number, kind of a tribute to his father. But, you know, there was some controversy around the last 50 mark with, you know, Hudson was, Lucas has a lucky dog, and it was just it kind of right at the cusp, and uh, he was right there along with Ricky Thornton Jr. last year's winner, and, and Hudson got it, and, you know, I was helping James Essex, you know, with the television broadcast, and we all thought right after that that he changed the tire, but here he made a, a shock adjustment in Don. I don't know if he turned it left or he turned it right, but whatever he did, the car just took up, you know, came to life. And while everybody was running through the middle to the top, you know, Hudson was, as we call it in racing, catfishing on the bottom, and you could see each lap he was getting quicker and quicker, and then. Uh, you know, on you know lap ninety three, he made the pass. But I'm sure uh, Bill Korch will cover that all in his report. Correct. Well, Dave, I want to thank you for all your efforts here. I know I'll talk to you before November, but we want to remind the fans again that the first Monday of each month until the season starts, we'll be doing wrapping on racing. Well, I, you know, I'm looking forward to the off season. And I know in about four weeks I'll be you know joining you down in in Charlotte, and I'm sure we're going to have a lot of uh, news uh, from the three day events there because it, it's you know with COVID hitting last year and not really being able to have the race, but to see the best of the best, and you know we're kind of spoiled at Lernerville. they won the big three every week, but they, you know have the you know the Lost Energy World of Outlaw Sprints, and you have the Morton Builders builders, late models, and then you have the Super Dirt Big Block Modifieds, and, and a lot of times those those championships are down to a last lap pass. I don't think so in too many divisions this year, but, you know, I'm looking forward to, you know, heading south and, you know, spending about five days with you for the finals. I thank you. You have a nice evening. You do the same, Don.
This portion of Rapid on Racing is brought to you by the Jennerstown Speedway Complex, home of the Motor Mountain Masters. For more information, check out Jennerstown.org. I want to tell you a little bit about area auto racing news. Nice uh, newspaper. It covers a lot of good stuff. Some of the writers, Dave Moody, Ernie Saxton, Walt Weimer, Chuck Bollinger, Dave Dragovich, just to name a few. As a matter of fact, Bollinger, Dragovich, and uh, Weimer have been part of Rapping on Racing for many, many years. You can get 50 issues for $56. But what I like best is a digital subscription, which is $45. Really neat uh, paper. If you need more information, you can give them a call at 609-888-3618. That number again for Area Auto Racing News, 609-888-3618. You won't be disappointed. Since 1974, Environmental Air Incorporated has provided quality sheet metal and HVAC services in the greater Pittsburgh area. They're a commercial sheet metal contractor. Founded in 1974 by Glade Neal, Environmental Air is a family-owned union sheet metal company currently managed by Paul and Craig Neal. The people of Environmental Air are both a team and a family. They believe customer service is important. They value their employees and know that together they can have a meaningful impact on each project or service they provide. Residential service is not available due to the magnitude of their commercial work. 47 years of excellent customer service is the foundation of this successful company. Environmental Air is located at 1100 McCartney Street, Pittsburgh, PA 15220. For additional information, call 412-922-8988. A message for all racers, race fans, or campers. Alternative Power Sources Incorporated, located in western Pennsylvania since 1995, we have proudly served homeowners and businesses throughout portions of Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia, offering a complete line of generators and the ability to provide turnkey projects. From sales and rentals to service, maintenance, and installation, Alternative Power Sources is dedicated to providing reliable generator solutions. Their brands include MTU, Kohler, Gillette, Yamaha, Powertech, and ASCO. The experienced sales force has over 40 years' experience in the generator field, providing the resources to design the generator package to meet your needs and specifications and supply the specified products. If service is important to you, they are your source. Alternative Power Sources. For more information, call 1-800-894-4455. And now more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Bill Rebar. Listeners, first up tonight is Billy Rebar, the general manager at Jennerstown Speedway. Bill, good evening. How are you? Doing well, Don. Thanks for having me. A lot of good things that happen at the track, and oftentimes they bring you joy. And I'd like you to expand on that when I say a lot of joy here lately. Well, Don, you know, we have an amazing group of people behind the scenes. A lot of people don't maybe know their names or faces, but uh, over the weekend, flipping through Twitter, and there was a tweet out there from Mike Joy, who's probably the most renowned racing announcer in the business, if not the world, 
I've really, really been a fan of Mike Joy my entire life. I mean, he makes NASCAR what it is as far as I'm concerned, and many other people share the same sentiment. Well, he made a comment about uh, Stafford Speedway. They do a great job on the social media and live streaming, and you know, it makes you feel like you're there every week. Well, he followed it up with another tweet later on, and he specifically mentioned Jennerstown Speedway, Port Royal, and I think two other tracks. And talking about a humbling experience that you know he took the time out of his day to you know mention what is being done and what he sees and what he's hearing from fans and really awesome and you know hats off to also our amazing team Matchinoski is basically our social media director does an amazing job during the week on the weekends drawing attention to drivers teams uh, sponsors everyone down the line I mean Matt tries to make it visual that if you're not at the races you got an idea what's going on and you know that's very much in part of our photographers with Jared, Louisa, Benji, and Debbie, everyone that helps it. You, know, you can kind of paint a picture of this, this scene. Even if you're not there, you get a, a real take of what's going on. And, you know, we partnered in the past here, and they do the Motor Mountain Masters with Tony Stevens over there, Pit Road TV, and Lenny Batiki, and just amazing people. And it's actually gone to the point, Don, where our intentions, uh, we're in the early stages, but our intentions is a live stream every single race in 2022 in a pay-per-view type fashion offer replays the ticker tape across the top so uh, we were really planning on stepping our game up and after you you see a tweet from someone like mike joy so we're talking about live streaming every event in the 2022 season and teaming up with our friends at pit road tv everything they provided with us and we would do it in a pay-per-view type fashion where we'd offer replays we would offer a ticker tape at the top and you know, we're not going to go half at this. We're going to go full send is the, the new term that all my kids at school use. We're going to full send on the live stream every week and hopefully really make a run at it. That those that can't be there every week or drivers alike that they want to tune in after the races and watch it back, they'll be able to do so. That is an excellent idea. And some of the tracks that are doing this, they're finding the initial response would be, well, if they can watch it, why would they pay to come and see it? But there's a lot of people that, wouldn't be aware of what's happening at Jenner's time and would definitely want to come and see it. Absolutely. I mean, it's a great marketing opportunity for everyone. It really helps the drivers uh, so that they can get their name out. And it's just one more thing they can add to their sponsorship proposals that, you know, it's live stream. So we're really hoping to grow with everyone on this. At this time of the year, I would imagine very shortly you'll be getting your banquet together. Absolutely, and we're happy to announce here tonight we were able to finalize everything here this past week that our banquet will take place on Friday, November 12th. Uh, Friday, November 12th at the Rizzo's Event Center in Crabtree, Pennsylvania. Tomorrow, or actually probably not Tuesday, we'll get everything posted online with the forms, and we're going to mail everybody a thank you letter to everybody that participated, the drivers, and inside of there will also be a form for the banquet. Uh, the gates will, or not gates. Here I am, I'm in racetrack mode, Don. <laughs> not the gate. Yeah. The doors will open at 5.30 with a buffet-style dinner at 6. Uh, all the information will be found on our website and social media, most likely on Tuesday. And everyone can go from there. And this is open to drivers, fans, crews, everyone alike. So some people uh, want to show up and see their favorite drivers. And multi-time champion Barry Audi get his, you know, consecutive, or not consecutive, but I think it's his seventh championship. So... Uh, it's open to anyone that wants to attend. 
Barry actually will be a guest on today's show in the second hour and get a chance to hear some of his thoughts on the season. A very interesting gentleman. I know you can't be specific, but you're accepting driver input. And at some time between now and when the season starts, you're going to field these questions. And then what will happen after you get the question? So we gave everyone the opportunity to submit uh, their input and suggestion for the rules. And we're compiling all that together and looking what suggestions are made and looking into it a little deeper. And then, as we mentioned previously on the show, we're going to schedule these rules meetings. Our goal is to have everything out by the banquet, in or around the banquet, very little changes gone, um, out excluding the Fast and Furious Ford. We're going to make some changes there that have gotten a lot of feedback from the drivers. But in your other five divisions, pretty standard stuff. But maybe some clarifications, some things that were outdated that need removed, and we've got to keep up with the time. So you know, we take suggestions very seriously. Sometimes the best idea comes from the most unlikely source, and sometimes they come the ones with the most knowledge where you got guys like Barry Audi and stuff. So... Uh, we don't just shrug anything off. We take it. We read through it. And unfortunately, sometimes there's suggestions that are great ideas. They're just not practical with everything that entails it and things like that. So uh, we're working diligently on that. And hopefully, like I said, the, the goal is to have the rules and everything announced right around the banquet time as well. Sounds like a good plan. Is there anything you'd like to add, or do you think we've covered everything? I think we cover everything, Dawn. You know, every week I talk to you, and I know we're getting into the monthly shows here after this, but. It's just amazing the amount of people that are looking and buying cars and buying motors, and it's it's thrilling. It's really exciting to see what's become here in 2022. Well, most people want to be associated with a winner, and Jennerstown's a winner, and all these things that are that you have created or that the owners have uh, allowed you to involve at the Speedway. Uh, why wouldn't you want to be part of that? Well, that's my philosophy, but not everybody always shares it. But uh, I definitely think we're all pulling in the right direction, and we got a great group of people and a great team. And when you work together, anything's possible. Many hands make light work, and I think you're going to continue to see it grow. And there's a lot of rumors that some more dirt drivers will be converting over. So excited to hear that. Well, you look at the success of some of them, like Glessner. I mean, gee whiz. Some of his buddies from maybe from Bedford are saying, wow, I think I'm as good as Glessner. I'm going to get down there and see if I can beat him. They can try. I don't know. Doug's car was pretty much on the rails most night, but yeah. uh, it's, it's it's nice to see guys who think they can come out and try. And I encourage everybody to do it. You know, Trent Clark in the pro stock. He'll remind you weekly that the most fun he's ever had racing is running one of these cars at Jennerstown. So it's exciting to hear that. Good stuff. Good report. I thank you, and we'll talk to you in November. All right, Don. Thank you. This portion of Rapping on Racing was brought to you by the Jennerstown Speedway Complex, home of the Motor Mountain Masters. For information about upcoming events at Jennerstown Speedway, check out Jennerstown.org. Toma's Meat Market is a full-service, old-fashioned butcher shop and meat market. Their stores nestled in the farmlands of western Pennsylvania, where they've been for over 50 years. They hand-select cattle and hogs purchased from local farmers. At Toma's, they can help you prepare for anything from your own family's dinner to a special graduation party, a company picnic, an anniversary celebration, a wedding reception, or a whole host of other things. They can prepare entrees and have them ready for pickup or delivery in foil chafer pans. Just heat them and eat them. Please call or stop by to find out about putting a package of these ideas together for your special event. The taste and the service are out of this world. 
Toma's Meat Market, located at 748 Dinnerbell Road in Saxonburg, PA. For additional information, please give them a call at 724-352-2020. That's 724-352-2020. Every day when they open the doors at Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, their goal is to provide great customer service by offering affordable automotive and truck repair service performed by highly trained technicians at the highest industry standard. By implementing the latest diagnostic equipment and computerized repair manuals, you can rest assured that your vehicle will be repaired to factory specifications for your specific car or truck. At Zarin Truck and Automotive, they believe in honest repairs and will demonstrate that fully by explaining the repair or service you are receiving and they'll give you an estimate or quote before work is performed. When you choose Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, you are choosing professional automotive repair and maintenance performed by expert automotive technicians. That's Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights. And now more Rappin' on Racing with your host Don Gamble and Jim Zufall. Good evening. Uh, welcome to the 33rd Annual Pittsburgh Weekend. This weekend always brings some of the best racers on dirt to PPMS, and I'm sure this year will be no exception. But before we begin the racing program, I'd like to take a moment on behalf of the Miley Motorsports family to recognize our longtime announcer, Jim Zufall. This will be Jim's last weekend as the voice behind the mic at our Speedway. Jim took over as announcer in 2015 as successor to Dow Cunningham. And he brought with him three very talented young men who with him and his son Aaron, friends Corey and Taylor, transformed our scoring booth and our announcing booth into the 21st century. If you came up here right now, you would think you were in an air traffic control uh, facility. With them, they brought Wi-Fi to the track and Jim just took it from there. Aaron has since moved on to form his own company, Zoofall Communications. Corey continues as our AMB um, scoring director, and Tyler is our off-site consultant for technical problems that we have to use quite often. Uh, while he's not behind the mic, Jim is also organizing many tributes on the track. Most recently, he had a very moving tribute for local first responders responders at, for 9-11, and also a very heartfelt tribute for Kyle Shemp, our Pitt Stewart's grandson, who had a tragic accident. Also, he took on the duties of finding and showcasing some of the most talented singers in the area, and you just experienced one of his best finds in Brook. I think there are many children sitting out there tonight who have been a recipient of flags that he takes out at the end of the race with the autographs of all that night's feature winners. And last but not least, I would be remiss not to thank his wife, Maria, who has shared her husband with us every Saturday night for the past seven years. Well, Maria, it's no longer race night on Saturday night. It is date night, so enjoy. Thanks, Jim. 
for everything we've done, and good luck. Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway would like to congratulate all of our 2021 division champions. In the Rorick Automotive Rush Dirt Late Models, Daryl Charlier. In the Admar Penn Ohio Pro Stocks, Nick Kachuba. In the Priority Equipment Rental Hobby Stocks, Frank McGill. In the Crawford Auto Repair Four Cylinders, Bill Tennant. And in the Always Safe Flagging and Traffic Control Young Guns, Logan Catellis. PPMS would also like to thank all of our drivers, crews, super snuffers, staff, and especially our loyal fans for a great 20. 2021. Special thanks to our 2021 marketing partners, Rorick Automotive Group, Admar, Priority Equipment Rental, Crawford Auto Repair, Always Safe Flagging and Traffic Control, Calusi Chevrolet, Precise Racing Products, RockAuto.com, Zarin Truck and Automotive, Jones Motorsports, Snap-on Tools, Yingling, J.R. Hall Excavating, Falcone's Moon Township Automotive, Octane Customs, Mastro Ice, and RacingJunk.com. Be sure to watch our social media streams during the off-season. On Facebook, it's Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. On Twitter, it's at PA Motor Speedway. And as always, at PPMS.com. Friday and Saturday, October 1st and 2nd, it was the 33rd annual Pittsburgher 100 weekend. It all kicked off on Friday. Four divisions of racing, regular four divisions at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. The Hobby Stocks ran, and Frank McGill was your winner with Stephen Sheltman, Gary Catellis, Cody Catellis rounding out the top five, along with Chloe Jones. And 6th through 10th were Jonathan Catellis. Jacob Weiser, Joe Anthony, Mark Corio, and Lonnie Lamb driving the 83X, normally piloted by James Huff. Gary Catellis and Frank McGill picked up the heat races. Noah Brunel driving Mike Harris's number 18 car. Bested Chris Schneider in his own 55 in the Pro Stocks. The Penn, Ohio Pro Stocks also saw Brian Hutchko finish third. Nick Kachuba and A.J. Poljak round out the top five. rest of the field was Jeff Bronishevsky. Brett McDonald, Tanya Charlier, and Zach Steele with Chris Schneider winning the sole heat. In the four-cylinder divisions, it was Bill Tennant picking up the win after he picked up the sole heat race. Hemi Keniston after him, Bob Quigg, Kyle Janis, Derek Quigley, Eric Reynolds, Robert Dolan, and Craig Rudolph all competing, and that's how they ended their feature for the Crawford Auto Repair Four Cylinders. And a big day for a young lady in the Young Gun Division, picking up her very first victory in the Young Guns, very first victory ever, actually, is Emmy Laboon, the daughter of Ben Laboon, who fields the cards for Daryl Charlier in the 114 Pro Stock and Rush Late Model, and his own daughter, Emmy, driving the number 14 four-cylinder in the Young Guns division. Well, Emmy picked up her very first win, got to take that flag for a ride, and it was a great night for everybody to see Emmy do that. Of course, the big part of the weekend was the Pittsburgher 100 and the Bill Hendren Memorial. The 100, of course, part of the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series. The Bill Hendren Memorial was a two-night affair, Friday and Saturday. One more night of racing at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. That is this coming Saturday when we feature an eight-division show highlighted by the Falcones Moon Township Automotive uh, wing, wing Sprint Cars. Rather, all the wing sprints, the uh, 410s from around the region will be here. They'll be joined by the Rush Sprints, the Rush Dirt Modifieds, and the normal five divisions at PPMS. That's the late models, the hobby stocks, the pro stocks, and both four-cylinder divisions all happens this coming Saturday. Saturday at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. For Rapping on Racing, I'm Jim Zufall. A couple of bumps in the road in that race, but we got her in all 30 laps.
Kyle Hardy emerges victorious out of Linden, Virginia. Winner of night one of the Bill Hendren Memorial. First of all, Kyle Hardy. It's a pretty good haul from Linden, Virginia to be here. And I'm told this was a bit of a learning curve for you figuring this track out. My goodness, man, you figured it out well. Well, if you had a camera near me over there, people would freak out because of how freaked out I was just trying to get where we need to be to win this thing. Uh, it was super fun out there. What a race. Uh, I can't thank my guys just getting this car so good to where I can steer across the middle of the track. Uh, what a race car we've had all year. I think that was uh, win number 30. Uh, I can't say enough. Just It goes to all the people that's back here helping me. Uh, keeping me in line and just making sure I need to go out there and race. Bill Hendren, an innovator with the crate engines, and, and you get to come out here and honor him with a win. Yeah, sitting at the driver's meeting, listening to that deal, uh, it's, and that's a long ways away where he's, you know, from us, um, from what I know. So, and that, that's just an honor to be able to be able to do something like this. Uh, and, and Vicky puts on a great deal. This is uh, truly fun. So, uh, but to be able to win this Bill Hendren Memorial on uh, the first night, uh, it's just super awesome. What a race car. Vicky calls you a phenom. Lots of, lots of victory lanes for you this year. Yeah, it's, it's just been an unreal year. Uh, if I don't win on New Year's Day next year, I'm already behind. So, uh. <laughs> Kyle Hardy, winner tonight of night one of the Bill Hendren Memorial. We're going to go check out our other members of the podium here. You know, you win the track champion, you get out in front a couple times, you know, there was a lot of carnage behind you, but the two of you, you and Kyle, back and forth, I don't think you ever touched in what a race. No, no, we didn't. Um, I mean, if I got to finish second, I guess I'm going to finish second to, to Kyle Hardy. I mean, he's the top dog in the crates, uh, especially for the Rush Series. Um, I'm just happy that we got the car in one piece, especially for everything that happened tonight. Um, and uh, hopefully we get this motor cooled down behind me so that we can run another 30 laps tomorrow and hopefully have a chance to win it. Daryl Charlier, talk about who helps you in the car. Obviously, Ben's having himself a night tonight too, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, we're excited that Emmy got her first win, so that was awesome. Uh, but, yeah, uh, the entire Laboon family, John, Adam, these guys, Dave, uh, Kayla working on this car all week, uh, trying to make sure it was ready for us, and, and I'm sure they're going to be back tomorrow to work on it for me, and uh, hopefully we can put together a good piece. And obviously Brad from Centerline uh, Collision and um, George from Buds, uh, a huge help with the team. Second tonight on night number one of the 3,000 to win, Bill Hendren Memorial. Joe is here somewhere. There we go. Joe Martin, in the mix, as always, you started coming here a few weeks ago, put some practice laps down on this track. I think it did some good. Yeah, we've been really good wherever we went the last six weeks or so, really all year, but really last six weeks we've been really good. Uh, I, I lost brakes there actually in the dash. I knew I had a problem, but I didn't know how bad it was, and we tried to get it fixed, but we are in a hurry. And uh, I just didn't have any brakes in a real tight race car, and that the restarts were killing me because you go into the first corner and no air on my nose and I'd push really bad. So I'd lose third every time. And then I'd have to battle back past one or two cars to get back to third. And I really thought I was catching them guys, but uh, we're, we're happy with our speed for sure. Well, as I said to Daryl, there's a lot of carnage happened behind you. You guys are able to roll your car back into your trailer in one piece and pretty straight. You got another night of this to do tomorrow. Yeah, we're happy with that. 
we got these crate motors with no horsepower and we want to water a track and get it rough and it's a bear to drive because you get in this we're going so fast here you cannot turn once you get in the mud you know uh for us it'd definitely be better if it was just dry from top to bottom and then these restarts are crazy we're going four or five wide down the front stretch because guys are pulling out of line the guys in front are brake checking and i i don't know what we need to do something we tore a lot of equipment up tonight Joe Martin will be back tomorrow night, third tonight in the Bill Hendren Memorial. Thank you, Joe. Number One Cochrane has created a new way, a faster way, an easier way to buy a car. Now you can complete as much of the process as you'd like online and spend less time in store. Or do it all online and get home delivery. Expressway is way easy to use. Just shop our nearly 20 new car brands and thousands of pre-owned vehicles to find the model that's perfect for you. We're big on transparency, so you get our best possible price up front. We call it our clear-cut price, and it's independently validated by Kelly Blue Book right on your screen. Our experts are standing by to help you throughout the entire buying process. You can also stop at any time, save where you are, and come to the showroom to pick up where you left off. Don't love your new vehicle? Don't worry, we'll take it back, no questions asked. Best of all, Expressway is open 24-7. That means you can buy your way with Expressway right away. Number one, Cochrane. See it all at Cochrane.com. Are you in need of financial planning or portfolio review? Rick Sabo of RPS Financial Solutions is an independent financial planner who has testified as an expert witness on insurance and investment fraud. He helps people who are concerned about their portfolio or with other financial matters. His services include investments, pension, and 401k rollovers, estate planning, life insurance, and long-term care alternatives. As a registered IRS tax preparer, he can assist retirees with the completion of property tax rebate forms and other government tax reduction programs at no charge. Mr. Sabo does not charge a fee to meet with potential clients for a fact find. His office is located at 5061 Route 8, Gibsonia, PA. If you are in need of any of the services that he provides, give him a call at 724-443-5720. That's 724-443-5720. Or email him at rick.sabo at jwcemail.com. Securities offered through J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, member of FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated, neither J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated or J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, nor its representatives provide legal, tax preparation, or accounting advice. Persons who provide such advice do so in a capacity other than as a registered representative of J.W.C.A. J.W.C. RPS Financial Solutions and JWC-JWCA are unaffiliated entities. Located in beautiful Somerset County in western Pennsylvania's picturesque Laurel Highlands, the Jennerstown Speedway Complex hosts exciting Saturday night racing from May to September. Come see daring drivers compete in late models, modifieds, pro stocks, street stocks, chargers, and the fast and furious fours. Special events include the Motor Mountain Masters, NASCAR Whaled Modifieds, ISMA sanctioned Super Modifieds, the Super Cup Stock Car Series, and Enduro races. The Jennerstown Speedway Complex takes great pride in providing fun, affordable family entertainment. 
The 6 p.m. start time allows the younger fans the opportunity to enjoy the entire show, including at the completion of each weekly event. Everyone in attendance is invited into the pits to meet the drivers and see the cars up close. Spend your Saturday nights in Somerset County at the Jennerstown Speedway Complex. This is Jonathan Davenport, and you're listening to Rapping on Racing. The Lucas Oil Durley Model Series and the Rush Crately Model Series were part of the 33rd Annual Pittsburgher Weekend at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway on Friday and Saturday, October 1st and 2nd. The report on the 230-lap Bill Hendren Memorial features for the Rush Crate Late Model Series coming up, but first, the Lucas Series. 34 cars were in the pits on Saturday night, all trying to make the 100-lap feature. Those days of 70 or 80 or even more cars for the Pittsburgher 100 are long gone. Tim McCready set the overall fast time for the two sets of time trials. McCready went on to win the first heat race, followed by Michael Norris. Heat 2 went to Jonathan Davenport with Stormy Scott second. Heat number 3 winner, Earl Pearson Jr., Jimmy Owens was second. And in the fourth and final heat, Tyler Erb was the winner, followed by Devin Moran. Two B-Mains were held. Top three finishers make the feature. Hudson O'Neill, the winner of B-Main number 1, followed by Alex Faree and Kyle Lucon. And in Heat 2, Mason Ziegler the winner, Logan Zarin second, and Trevin Feathers finished third to make the race. From the start of the race to the halfway point for a fuel stop, Earl Pearson Jr., better known as CPJ, looked like he was the man to beat. Pearson led all the way to the fuel stop, holding off Jonathan Davenport and Tim McCready as they fought for the top spot. When racing resumed, a caution flag came out a few laps later for Hudson O'Neill as he went to the pits for a shock adjustment. Keep that in mind. After that caution, O'Neill maintained his lead. Jonathan Davenport started to fade, along with Jimmy Owens, who in the first half of the race was in the top five. Moving up, Spencer Hughes, Shane Clanton, and Hudson O'Neill, who along with Hughes started to run the inside of the track. A number of cars had dropped out at that point, so coming from the back of the pack wasn't quite a daunting task for O'Neill. And he continued his march toward the front as Pearson continued to lead. O'Neill closed in on Pearson by lap 90, and on lap 93, he grabbed the top spot. Pearson raced as hard as he could, but he couldn't catch O'Neill, and the son of Don O'Neill, a former Pittsburgher winner, held him off to win it. In victory lane, O'Neill said he may not have had the best car, but he was there at the end. I wasn't good enough to really to win the race, and man, I just can't believe it. Uh, you know, I'll take one any way I can get it, and uh, we got to get a little bit better for the next time. But uh, overall, man, we're just happy to be here and uh, happy we're able to take advantage. And about moving to the bottom of the track to make his move toward the front. Uh, it took a while to figure out how to hit it. It was just, uh, it was real, real easy to miss, and. Uh, I just uh, kept trying and kept trying and kept trying, and it finally paid off. I mentioned that pit stop that O'Neill made on lap 54 to change a shock. Kind of made a difference. We talked about it under the break there, and I had to stay out for that restart just because I was a lucky dog, and uh, I had to stay out on the racetrack to get it. So I knew uh, if I could run a couple laps and then it just happened, I wasn't real good. So brought the caution out and went in, and, uh, you know, that just shows you how much just uh, – you know, just a little bit in a, in a shock uh, can go a long way, man. Obviously, leading up to lap 93, 
Pearson was disappointed not getting the win. You know, to lead that many laps and uh, come up short, but I mean, that's part of it. I won them that way and lost them that way. And I mean, he was good around the bottom. I was pulling hard as I could go right there. And I mean, you know, them last couple laps, I drove as hard as I could. Third place finisher Tim McCready didn't have enough for the top two, but he did maintain his Lucas Oil points lead. This place uh, has been real hard for me. I've, I don't. This might have been my best run. So uh, for us to do what we're doing, trying to get this thing over with and uh, and lock it down, uh, you know, you just got to pick and choose your battles. And Hudson, congrats to him. He was definitely uh, once it got where you get in that infield, I couldn't. I just couldn't turn down in there to get into the infield. Um, so I just tried to momentum around and do the best we could. The top 10 at the 33rd annual Pittsburgher 100. Hudson O'Neill, the winner from his 17th starting position. Earl Pearson Jr. finishing second and Tim McCready third. Spencer Hughes in his first appearance at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway with a good run to finish fourth. And Shane Clatton was fifth. Then came Tyler Erb, Devin Moran, Jonathan Davenport, Jimmy Owens, and Cal Bronson. As I mentioned earlier, the Pittsburgher weekend also featured two 30-lap features for the Rush Crate Late Model Series, the Bill Hendren Memorial Races. With 35 cars in the pits on Friday night, Joe Martin set the overall fast time, and he won his heat race, with Daryl Charlier finishing second in that one. Heat number two went to Garrett Paw, Eddie Carrier Jr., in another Lucon car, finished second. Logan Zarin won heat number three, followed by Kyle Hardy, and heat four went to Zach Morrow, with Jeremy Wonderling second. B-Main number one, Mike Ruff the winner, followed by Ryan Frazee. Second B-Main went to Ray Love Jr., followed by Zach Kane. Garrett Paul won the dash to gain the pole for the feature. And in the feature, three red flags marred the first 12 laps, with accidents taking out a number of cars, including Zach Morrow, Bill Kessler, Ryan Frazee, and Tim Schaefer. Hal Hardy continued to be the leader through it all, fighting off challenges from Joe Martin and Daryl Charlier to win the 30-lap feature. After the race, Hardy praised his crew for giving him that winning car. It was super fun out there. What a race. Uh, I can't thank my guys just getting this car so good to where I can steer across the middle of the track. Uh, what a race car we've had all year. I think that was uh, win number 30. Uh, I can't say enough. Just It goes to all the people that's back here helping me, uh, keeping me in line and just making sure I need to go out there and race. Charlier would have liked to have won the race, but... If I got to finish second, I guess I'm going to finish second to, to Kyle Hardy. I mean, he's the top dog in the crates, uh, especially for the Rush Series. Um, I'm just happy that we got the car in one piece, especially for everything that happened tonight. The top 10 for night number one for the Rush Crate Late Model Series. Bill Hendry Memorial, Kyle Hardy the winner, Daryl Charlier second, Joe Martin finished third, Eddie Carrier Jr. fourth, and Jeremy Wonderling fifth. 6th through 10th went to Jake Gunn, Bud Watson, Garrett Paw, Logan Zarin, and Levi Crowell. And on Friday night, the one-to-remember race for non-Rush Cray Late Model winners was won by Philip Bubeck. Moving on to Saturday night, in those four heat races, Joe Martin, the winner of Heat 1, followed by Michael Doritsky. Kyle Lukon won the second heat, Kyle Hardy second. Daryl Charlier, winner of Heat number 3, with Garrett Paw second. And in the fourth and final heat, Michael Norris, the winner, and Tony Mussolino, driving the Domdeck number 42, finished in second place. Just one B-Main was held, Bud Watson, the winner, followed by Dan Lepro and Zach Gunn. And in the dash, Michael Norris, the winner, so he sat on the pole for the feature. 
And Norris grabbed the lead when the feature started, but after a caution on lap two, it was Lukon getting into the top spot. Norris fell back into third behind Cal Hardy, but he quickly regained the runner-up spot and set out after Lukon. Lukon caught traffic on lap 10 and had a nearly two-second lead on Norris when the yellow came out for Lukon's teammate Eddie Carrier Jr., who slowed to bring out the caution. When racing resumed on lap 10, Lukon continued to lead over Norris, but then Norris made the winning move on lap 11 with a slight job in turn two, while Martin and Hardy continued their battle for third place, this time with Martin taking the spot. Lukon's night ended shortly after that, when he hit the wall and turned one on lap 13, and from there, Norris stayed in front for the remaining 17 laps to win the race. In victory lane, Norris talked about his battle with Lukon for the lead. Powell got out there and he was setting a pretty good pace, and uh, I just kind of got in line behind him there. I didn't know if I had anything for him in clean air, but I figured when we get to lap traffic, we'd see what we were both made of, and uh, fortunately I got by him on that restart and just... Uh, Got up on the top and didn't really let off the gas too much. Second place finisher Kyle Hardy talked about what his finish meant toward winning the Rush Championship. We like to have won tonight, but, you know, well, we always got the big picture in the back of our minds. So uh, we're excited to get back to Lernerville for the second time. Uh, we got some super races coming up we're going to run. Uh, so uh, just going to be a good end of the year. Uh, can't wait to get to the next one. The top 10 for the second night of the Bill Hendry Memorial. 30-lap feature, Michael Norris the winner, Kyle Hardy second, Joe Martin finished third, Colden Flinner with a good run to place fourth, and Daryl Charlier was fifth. Then came Logan Zarin, Levi Crowell, Michael Doritsky Jr., Jake Gunn, and Garrett Paw. A great crowd on Saturday night, and a great weekend for racing at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. I'm Bill Korch, reporting for Rapid on Racing. Since 1974, Environmental Air Incorporated has provided quality sheet metal and HVAC services in the greater Pittsburgh area. They're a commercial sheet metal contractor. Founded in 1974 by Glade Neal, Environmental Air is a family-owned union sheet metal company currently managed by Paul and Craig Neal. The people of Environmental Air are both a team and a family. They believe customer service is important. They value their employees and know that together they can have a meaningful impact on each project or service they provide. Residential service is not available due to the magnitude of their commercial work. 47 years of excellent customer service is the foundation of this successful company. Environmental Air is located at 1100 McCartney Street, Pittsburgh, PA, 15220. For additional information, call 412-922-8988. And now back to Don Gamble and more Rapid on Racing. Listeners, joining us now is Greg Wheeling, good friend, retired flagman, but all-around racing entrepreneur. Greg, good evening. How are you? Hey, really good, Don. Glad to talk to you. Now, we're not going to talk about flagging. We're not going to talk about racing. We're going to talk about the Dow Carnahan Memorial Race, which you have uh, been spearheading this, and I'd like to get some of your thoughts on it. Well, I have, Don, and it's, uh, you know, it, I wasn't necessarily looking for this, but it, as you know, Dow was a, you know, he was a great guy, and, uh, you know, he was a friend of yours, and he was a friend of mine, and. You know, it, it had been five years since uh, since he had passed, 
So I wanted to make sure something was done. I wanted to do it for his family. His parents were in their 80s, and I just wanted to uh, to step up and make sure that Dow was, was remembered. Well, one of the things we were successful in doing, Dave Oliveri had a big part of it, in uh, renaming the press box at Lernerville the Dow Carnahan Media Center. And there's nice pictures of him on each and every one of the walls. But uh, more and more, this is going to really bring recognition to one of the greatest guys that ever had a microphone. Well, that's that's the truth, Don. He was uh, he was extremely good at his job as a racetrack announcer. He announced uh, you know local college football and basketball games, and of course his regular job was in radio. But he was a real race fan as well. You know that came across in his. Uh, it is announcing because you can't really be good at something unless it's unless you're doing something that you enjoy. And he really he really looked forward to our Friday or Saturday nights together, whichever whichever turned out to be. I worked with him at uh, first at Motodrome actually, and then at Pittsburgh Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, as well as as Lernerville later on. So so we spent a lot of time together. The, the way I like to describe him to people that didn't know him, when he was announcing a race, it sounded like he was just sitting in the bleachers with you, just the two of you, talking about the race. He made everybody feel comfortable. His homework and his diligence, going through the pits, getting every bit of information that he needed for that particular race night and those drivers, it was excellent. He worked very hard at it, for sure. My wife, who, who hand scored back in the days before transponders, she really enjoyed working next to Dow because when you're doing that job, you can't really watch the race. But listening to him call the race, she would say it was like she had been able to see it. He described it so well. Well, now, how did this happen? How did this come to be? Well, actually, the the Thompsons came to me. They were making some changes to, at the Steel City Stampede. They wanted Penn, Ohio to get involved. And my position with, with Penn, Ohio, we had actually changed up our, uh, just the way we were approaching things. We went to what we called the PSX series, which we cut the number of races in half but raised the purse on them substantially. And we had more tracks that wanted them than uh, than we could do. So I, there was no way I could make it a PSX race. So I decided, and, and I've been thinking about this, doing something for Dow for a long time. I just, I wasn't frankly sure that I could do it properly and give it the attention it deserved. But somebody needed to step up and do it. So uh, I just decided to take the plunge and... And racing people are the greatest people in the world. People say that all the time, but unless you've experienced something like this, maybe you don't really understand that. I, w- I was hoping, frankly, to raise a couple thousand dollars, maybe $2,500, just to make this race stand out for the Thompsons, for the Steel City Stampede. And I was able to, so far, uh, I've collected almost $7,500, which is just beyond beyond my wildest dreams of where I thought this thing could go. 
Well, it might sound surprising, but it really isn't because of the impact he had on this sport. Listeners, if you're just joining us, we're talking to Greg Wheeling from the Penn Ohio series. So, Greg, a lot of people got involved. Let's mention some of uh, some of the big players. Well, they really did, Don. And the, the amazing thing to me was I really didn't ask many people for this. It was all people that came to me. People like uh, Scott Dunn from Scott Gunn Racing and West Mifflin Collision. Uh, Helen Bauman, everybody knows Helen, that she's worked in the office at Lernerville for years. And, of course, worked with Dow for many years. And she stepped up not only financially, but she's helped with uh, with her connections on you know acquiring the trophy and the cardboard checks, and she's just been a, a really big help to me in this process. It's a guy named Corey McQueen. He's from Warren, Pennsylvania. He he owns a company, a trucking company called North North Star Unlimited, uh, and he stepped up in a big way he he was he was a fan he met Dow once he said but he just really enjoyed listening to him over the years and uh, you know he contacted me almost immediately and got involved in a big way in, in this in this deal so so it's just uh, you know it's, it's almost emotional sometimes to see people that to talk to people that remembered somebody that you remembered and, and are willing to help you to have this person uh, brought to the forefront again. Now, the nuts and bolts of the race. How many laps? Uh, what's it going to pay? Whatever you're able to divulge at this time. Well, it, and I'm still waiting on a few folks to come in. That's why I'm holding off on on, on you know, giving you the, the total purse here. You know, this race traditionally paid a thousand dollars to win. It paid one hundred and sixty-five for tenth, and a hundred dollars to start. And I can tell you that each position, at minimum, will be doubled. And I can tell you, it's going to pay uh, three thousand to win, and tenth place will now be three and a quarter. And, and those those numbers, if anything, they will go up from there. How many laps? Uh, 30 laps. You know, the, the, the Steel City Stampede, of course, has nine or ten divisions, and some of them, or, or I guess about all of them, are extended laps. So, so we're not going to go crazy and make it 50 laps or anything like that. I just, I just want to make it a really nice paying uh, race uh, that's, that's really, they typically run 20 laps, so it's a small increase in laps, but but it's going to be a, a huge increase in purse for these guys. And all the heavy hitters from the Penn Ohio series will be there. Any guesstimate of how many cars you would be pleased with? You know, it's just so hard to say, Don. It's, you know, our races were averaging low to mid-40s early on, but then they kind of tapered off, and I think it's you know, parts and tires and all that kind of thing. I would I would expect that you know low to mid thirties would be my best guess, but but it's going to be good quality cars. This is also going to be the final points race for the Penn Ohio series. So guys that you know unless their equipment is broke and they can't get it fixed for the end of the year here, you know the top 
10, 15 guys, I would think, are going to be there. And it's a real high quality. If you haven't seen any of these TSX races, the, the quality of the racing has, has just been fantastic. We we did a 10,000 to win show earlier this summer at Sharon. It was 75 laps, and they ran 65 laps before the first caution. Well, these drivers are the best I mean, the top drivers in the area in this particular series. They're excellent. Well, there's no, there's no, no question about it. It's guys like you know Chris Snyder and Bobby Whitling, Jason Fosnock, uh, you know, Tim Bish is, is one of the guys that's really come on. Curtis, both the Curtis Bishes, uh, who aren't related to Tim, by the way, uh, you know, I, I would expect that they would be there. So, so it's it's top flight drivers with top flight equipment. Do you look for uh, any uh, super late model drivers to try and slide in there and get a ride? I have kind of expected that. We've run the uh, 10K race at Sharon for three years now. We actually had a 305 sprint car driver. Uh, come over and, and run a stock car. For, he was from the Attica area. But Alan Dellinger, he, who's run about everything at one point or another, has done it. But there hasn't been as, as much of that as I would expect. But for guys to switch divisions like that and come and compete against Bobby Whitling and Chris Snyder and the others that I listed there is... Uh, you know, that's not as easy as, as uh, you, you might think from sitting in the grandstands. No, I wasn't suggesting it was easy. I thought they might have just been looking at the paycheck. Well, well it's possible. We're, we're going to be coming up on a break. Is there anything you would like to add, or is there anything we missed? I don't think so, Dawn. Uh, I'm just, like I said, I'm really happy to be in the place in my life where I have the opportunity to do this. It's certainly, uh, I think, to remember a guy that's worthy of being remembered. And I'm happy to be able to play my part in doing it for Dallas family. Greg, I want to thank you for being with us this evening. And I know Dow will be proud of your efforts. All right. Thanks, Don. This portion of tonight's program is brought to you by Environmental Air Incorporated. And now, back to more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Tom Lang. Listeners, joining us now is Tom Lang. Tom, good evening. How are you? Good evening, Don. It's a pleasure to join you as always. I thank you for that. You know, overall, I'd like to get some of your thoughts on the 2021 drag racing season. Well, Don, compared to last season... This one would have to be regarded as a smashing success. Uh, there were no limits on teams and fans traveling to the races, uh, no limits on attendance at races. Uh, of course, many fans and race teams were affected by the economic situation, so that's had an effect on attendance for both fans and teams. But uh, those things have affected people across our entire lives. Uh, the largest sanctioning body, the NHRA, saw car counts dwindle specifically in the professional classes. But in my opinion, that had more to do with the ridiculous nature of the structure of the professional classes, specifically top fuel, nitro, funny car, and pro stock. Uh, the cost to compete in those classes 
especially if a team wants to be competitive, is incredibly out of whack. Uh, it's been getting worse over the course of many years, but more so of late. Uh, the purses that can be won by a team are nowhere near what it costs to race, and the sponsorship opportunities just aren't there. But outside of the NHRA, drag racing is stronger than ever. Uh, the PDRA, which is a much more regional series covering the East Coast and part of the Midwestern states, is stronger than it's ever been. Uh, there have been a quite, a, quite a few of these eighth-mile door car series that have come and gone, and most of the ones that have gone had uh, terrible management that made bad decisions. The PDRA is owned and operated by racers unlike the NHRA, which is now governed by suits that have no background or previous involvement in the sport. Of course, not every decision that's made by the PDRA is greeted with unanimous agreement by the racers, but at least the racers can see who made the decisions and why. Also, there have been a huge number of big money races aimed directly at the sportsman racers, and these racers are held all around the country. They feature large payouts, and again, these races are organized and promoted by racers themselves. Uh, these promoters are longtime racers that have seen the mistakes that some of the big sanctioning bodies have made when dealing with sportsman racers, and they made a decision to promote their own events, and they've done quite well with them. Uh, these events don't get large amounts of media exposure outside of the media that specializes in drag racing. But to be honest, these events are focused on the racers, not the fans. So the specialized drag racing media works well for these events. Uh, on the local level, in the weekly point series, uh, the tracks are also doing well. Uh, th these events are focused on racers who, for one reason or another, prefer to race close to home rather than race in a touring series. Uh, the purses aren't that large, but the competition is fierce, and there are a lot of racers that prefer just that kind of local racing as it suits their budgets and lifestyle. Another factor that contribute, contributes to the strength of the sport is the Junior Dragster program. Uh, junior Dragsters were introduced in 1992, conceived by Vinnie Knapp at Old Bridge Township Raceway Park in Englishtown, New Jersey. Uh, they began as an affordable way for parents to get their kids into the sport. Uh, before that, the sport was losing a lot of young people to karting, where the kids could get started on their racing careers at a young age. Uh, those kids went on to other forms of motorsports that usually did not include drag racing. Uh, just like so many other forms of motorsports, that affordable thing, well, that went out the window rather quickly. Uh, originally, the cars were powered by five-horsepower Briggs & Stratton engines, and one of the original selling points was that mom and dad could put the car in the bed of a pickup truck and head to the track. That five-horsepower Briggs gave way to an all-billet, purpose-built engine that cost about five grand. And the pickup truck, well, that soon gave way to stacker trailers and diesel motorhomes. But what did happen is that adult drag racers were able to keep their kids interested in drag racing and many of today's top professional drivers made their way to the top ranks through the Junior Dragster program. Additionally, many of the local tracks offer a rental program so kids can try the car out to see if they like them 
before mom and dad lay out all the money to buy a car only to find out the kids aren't really interested. So the, the Junior Dragster program has uh, done great things for the sport of drag racing. Looking at the big picture, how was the season for Tom Lang? Well, on a personal note, this season's been great for me. I had the opportunity to travel with the P2 contracting team and serve as their PR director as they raced on the PDRA Tour and chased championships with three cars competing in two classes. Uh, it was especially gratifying to be part of a team with a legend like 21-time champion Todd Tuttero and to be a part of a team that has all the best parts available and is able to compete at a very high level. Uh, Todd knows all the big names in the ProMod universe, and just hanging out in his pit and meeting all the people that come and go, is it's tremendous. And uh, might I add, Don, uh, this marks the 33rd season that I've been a part of Rapping on Racing, and I'd like to thank you for all the opportunities that my involvement in this show has created for me it's opened so many doors for me and uh, given me the opportunity to enjoy this sport on a, nev- a level that I never dreamed was possible. Your contributions to Rapping on Racing were excellent, and it didn't matter where you were or what you were reporting. It was interesting, oftentimes hilarious, but uh, kept the drag racers up to speed on everything they needed to know. Well, it's been my pleasure to make a contribution to this sport. Uh, I've gotten a lot out of it over the years, and uh, I feel that my involvement with Rapping on Racing has uh, made contributions to the sport. So, uh, you know, it's a win-win situation for everybody when these things happen this way. Well, I want to thank you for a great report, and starting in November, we will be the first Monday of each month until the new season starts. Well, good. And uh, the first Monday in November, we'll give you a wrap-up of the entire season because there's still a few races left for both NHRA and PDRA, and we'll give the fans a wrap-up come November. I thank you. You have a nice evening. You do the same, Don. Thank you. This portion of tonight's program was brought to you by Environmental Air Incorporated. Located in beautiful Somerset County in western Pennsylvania's picturesque Laurel Highlands, the Jennerstown Speedway Complex hosts exciting Saturday night racing from May to September. Come see daring drivers competed late models, modifieds, pro stocks, street stocks, chargers, and the fast and furious fours. Special events include the Motor Mountain Masters, NASCAR Whaled Modifieds, ISMA sanctioned Super Modifieds, the Super Cup Stock Car Series, and Enduro races. The Jennerstown Speedway Complex takes great pride in providing fun, affordable family entertainment. The 6 p.m. start time allows the younger fans the opportunity to enjoy the entire show, including at the completion of each weekly event. Everyone in attendance is invited into the pits to meet the drivers and see the cars up close. Spend your Saturday nights in Somerset County at the Jennerstown Speedway Complex. Every day when they open the doors at Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, their goal is to provide great customer service by offering affordable automotive and truck repair service performed by highly trained technicians at the highest industry standard. 
By implementing the latest diagnostic equipment and computerized repair manuals, you can rest assured that your vehicle will be repaired to factory specifications for your specific car or truck. At Zarin Truck and Automotive, they believe in honest repairs and will demonstrate that fully by explaining the repair or service you are receiving and they'll give you an estimate or quote before work is performed. When you choose Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, you are choosing professional automotive repair and maintenance performed by expert automotive technicians. That's Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights. Toma's Meat Market is a full-service, old-fashioned butcher shop and meat market. Their stores nestled in the farmlands of western Pennsylvania, where they've been for over 50 years. They hand-select cattle and hogs purchased from local farmers. At Toma's, they can help you prepare for anything from your own family's dinner to a special graduation party, a company picnic, an anniversary celebration, a wedding reception, or a whole host of other things. They can prepare entrees and have them ready for pickup or delivery in foil chafer pans. Just heat them and eat them. Please call or stop by to find out about putting a package of these ideas together for your special event. The taste and the service are out of this world. Toma's Meat Market, located at 748 Dinnerbell Road in Saxonburg, PA. For additional information, please give them a call at 724-352-2020. That's And this is a new section of Rapping on Racing where we are going to highlight several of the track champions. In this next segment, we'll hear from A.J. Flick, the sprint car champion at Lernerville Speedway, Barry Audi, the super late model champion at Jennerstown Speedway, Daryl Charlier, the rush late model champion at Pittsburgh, and also from Pittsburgh, Nick Kachuba, the Pro Stock Champion. We hope you enjoy listening to the different champions, and this will be a regular feature throughout the off-season. The first Monday of each month, you'll get to hear from some of the track champions. I hope you enjoy this portion of the program. All right, listeners, our next guest is A.J. Flick, five-time sprint car champion at Lernerville Speedway. A.J., good evening. How are you? Good evening, Don. Good to be back on Wrapping on Racing. Thanks for giving me a holler. Even though you got the title, I called you. You said, I'm in the garage working. Uh, you spent a lot of time in that garage, but the re- people have said it so many times. The races are won in the garage, not at the track thrashing around just before hot laps. So you spent a lot of time down there. Yeah, that's exactly what my dad always used to say, too. So, um, no, I mean, we wouldn't have titles if we weren't down here working. So uh, the good feelings that come from winning titles and winning races is all because of the efforts we put in down here. So uh, I can't say working in the garage is my favorite thing to do, but it's required to be fast. So, uh, I mean, I was I was always told growing up that uh, Mike Tyson's least favorite part of boxing was the training. But he always said that uh, train 
train for hours now to live as a legend later. And you and him are in the same category. Fortunately, you don't have all those nasty um, tattoos he has. (laughs) (laughs) Or all the concussions. (laughs) I want to turn the clock back to 2008. I think the first time I saw you racing was at Marion Center. I think you were there for like almost three years, driving a 3,700-pound Chevy tank for Larry Matter. Yeah, she was a beast. That's where we got our start. Uh, Larry contacted my dad. Um, he actually wanted us to, to race the car when we were either 13 or 14, but my dad kept me out of the seat because, I mean, up to that point, he thought I was too young, and all we had ever done is just run go-karts. So uh, we raced a little differently in go-karts that year. He took me to more aggressive speedways like Acme. Uh, we moved up to Senior Lights right away to try and race against more aggressive people. Um, he never told me what the reason was until after the year was done, but basically he was prepping me to go run bigger cars against aggressive drivers at uh, places like Marion Center, and um, we got back in touch with Larry Matters, accepted that ride, so the Strictly Stock in 2008 was my first ever first ever big car ride, and I think I was 15 years old, I didn't even have my license yet, and it was just pretty cool to, to get experience like that in a different car, and Running for Larry um, was one of the biggest blessings in my career. I mean, he was literally the first guy that ever gave me a shot. Uh, to this day, he's one of the few car owners that I've ever actually driven for since we've owned most of our equipment, uh, even the street stock and now the 410 Sprint. So um, we never ended up winning with that car, but Larry had a good time every single time we were out there. Uh, it wasn't the most well-maintained car. It was older, had a lot of issues. We kept losing motors in it, but it taught us what we needed to know, and that was get seat time, get experience, learn how to work on a race car, see if we really wanted to do this, and we've been uh, moving forward ever since. Well, then, 2010, 11, 12, and 13, you were in the street stocks and won a bunch of races. I saw a lot of them at Lernerville. Uh, that was a family-owned car. Now, I thought it was the car that your dad drove but I understand I'm on the wrong page, and it looked like it, but it wasn't the same car. Yeah, the the car my dad drove back in his day has been long gone from the family. Um, I don't even know who has it now. Probably in a junkyard cut-up scrap somewhere. But uh, when we were running the Larry Matters Strictly Stock at Marion Center, um, but starting in, like, August of the 2009 season, we decided we would move up to the street stocks. So we started building our own car, had an old Regal uh, that we got from a junkyard, uh, stripped it down, built a race car cage on it, uh, the whole nine yards. Uh, it took us until like June of 2010 to finally get this thing back out there. Um, you said it looked like my dad's car. Uh, it's because we had it painted like my grandfather's car, which is the same car that my dad had drove. Um, obviously, a little differences here and there, but it was more or less a throwback to my grandfather with the colors. So that's probably what... I mean, you, you remember it more than anybody else. That's that's a lot of what you uh, watched as you were going racing back in the day. So um, in 2010, while we were building the street stock to run at Lernerville, is we were also spirit, uh, sporadically still running the Larry Matters 75 Strictly stock. But um, since we were building our car down here in the garage, we couldn't maintain the Strictly stock Larry had, and uh, that was put on his shoulders and, um, the shoulders of his son, and uh, they did a good job, but um, we were just we were losing parts here and there, and it seemed like every single night we were going up there and something was breaking, uh, whether it was a fan that would break, an engine that would break. Uh, we were losing power steering pumps all the time, belts flying off, and 
uh, it got to the point where we had to back out of that ride midway through 2010, and we were able to focus up on finishing the street stock. And within a couple weeks of backing out of that ride, we were able to finally get our street stock on the road. Uh, and we started running sometime in late June, early July. It's our first couple races at Lernerville in the street stock is when we made our debut. We're talking to A.J. Flick, five-time sprint car champion at Lernerville. I got a little news nugget for you. You may or may not be aware of it, but Grandpap's Camaro, I'm the one that got him the body for that car. I had a friend that was in the junk business, and he had that available, and I called your dad, and he came down with, uh, I'm I'm sorry, I called Pee Wee, and he came down with your dad, and they picked it up. Did you know that? I did not, but believe it or not, Don, whether it's fate or not, uh, we spent yesterday, Monday, down here in the garage, for quite a few hours with my uncle, and we were BSing back and forth about how he originally got the Camaro, um, how him and Lil Keebler were able to set it up, design it, build it from top down. Uh, they told me a bunch of stories, and uh, with my grandfather passing away when I was only six months old, I don't remember any of that. So uh, stories are all I have of him, and I can't tell you how much those stories mean. So when uh, we get a minute here, and we didn't have much work to do this week, so... Uh, the fact that we could kind of step aside and just sit in a circle here, talk a little bit, and just hear stories about how they were able to build the car, get everything together, the fate, how they found it, designed it, stuff like that. It's really cool. So one day later here, and you're telling me that you helped them get a body for it, that's, uh, that's kind of crazy that that's happened back-to-back for me. Well, that's why I became such a Flick fan. I used to enjoy talking to Pee Wee up on the hill at Motordrome. He'd get a cup of coffee when your dad was racing now, your dad was racing his old late model, and he told me once, one time, he says, we're going to have to chain that car to a tree, because any time we try to get rid of it, it keeps coming back. Did you ever hear that story? No. No, I never heard that story. Um, they did tell me yesterday that whoever they had originally, or who they first sold it to, um, they didn't think the car would work because it was too heavy. So they went and they started cutting pipe out of it to make it lighter but they never had success with it. And to this day, my dad says that the fact that they cut all the pipe out of it is what caused them to lose the rigidity in the car that is the reason it had success. And um, they don't know what happened to it after that guy bought it, cut it up, and didn't have success with it, but they know that he either sold it or dumped it again, and they've never found it since. We'll get ready to finish the year at Latrobe on the 8th and the Stampede, which is uh, mid-October. Fans, if you're just joining us, we're talking to A.J. Flick, and we're going to have to take a commercial break. We'll be back after these messages. This portion of today's program is brought to you by Alternative Power Sources. Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway would like to congratulate all of our 2021 division champions. In the Rorick Automotive Rush Dirt Late Models, Daryl Charlier. In the Admar Penn Ohio Pro Stocks, Nick Kachuba. In the Priority Equipment Rental Hobby Stocks, Frank McGill. In the Crawford Auto Repair Four Cylinders, Bill Tennant. And in the Always Safe Flagging and Traffic Control Young Guns, Logan Catellis. PPMS would also like to thank all of our drivers, crews, super snuffers, staff, and especially our loyal fans for a great 20. 
2021. Special thanks to our 2021 marketing partners, Rorick Automotive Group, Admar, Priority Equipment Rental, Crawford Auto Repair, Always Safe Flagging and Traffic Control, Calusi Chevrolet, Precise Racing Products, RockAuto.com, Zarin Truck and Automotive, Jones Motorsports, Snap-on Tools, Yingling, J.R. Hall Excavating, Falcone's Moon Township Automotive, Octane Customs, Mastro Ice, and RacingJunk.com. Be sure to watch our social media streams during the off-season. On Facebook, it's Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. On Twitter, it's at PA Motor Speedway. And as always, at PPMS.com. Are you in need of financial planning or portfolio review? Rick Sabo of RPS Financial Solutions is an independent financial planner who has testified as an expert witness on insurance and investment fraud. He helps people who are concerned about their portfolio or with other financial matters. His services include investments, pension, and 401k rollovers, estate planning, life insurance, and long-term care alternatives. As a registered IRS tax preparer, he can assist retirees with the completion of property tax rebate forms and other government tax reduction programs at no charge. Mr. Sabo does not charge a fee to meet with potential clients for a fact find. His office is located at 5061 Route 8, Gibsonia, PA. If you are in need of any of the services that he provides, give him a call at 724-443-5720. That's 724-443-5720. Or email him at rick.sabo at jwcemail.com. Securities offered through J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, member of FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated, neither J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated or J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, nor its representatives provide legal, tax preparation, or accounting advice. Persons who provide such advice do so in a capacity other than as a registered representative of J.W.C.A., J.W.C. RPS Financial Solutions and J.W.C., J.W.C.A. are unaffiliated entities. Listeners, we're back. We're talking to A.J. Flick, five-time sprint car champion at Lernerville. Well, you mentioned Central Pennsylvania, and A.J. Flick has been out there, and he's been out there in Victory Lane. And a lot of people say, why does he drive so far to go out there? Well, one of your biggest sponsors out there, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, A.J. Flick has been in uh, Victory Lane at Port Royal twice, but it hasn't been once since 2019, so... We've been getting our booties kicked in there pretty good over the past two years. But uh, Red Robin has been a partner with us for three years now. They came on board 2019. Uh, they stayed 2020 through COVID and even 2021 here. Um, so it really does mean a lot. Uh, their CFO and his wife are huge supporters of our team. Uh, they're very, very understanding of our financial situation. And, I mean, even even if we didn't have Red Robin to go out there and support, we would still run a Port Royal like we did when we first started going there in 2016, 2017, and 2018 simply because it does make us a better race team. Um, we haven't shown – we were on a good trajectory upwards in 2019, showing a lot of speed out there, running top five all the time. We could pass race cars, and uh, we were always qualifying up front, heat racing up front. We could start in the back and pass cars, so that was always good. But for some reason, we kind of fell off track in 2020, 2021. I don't know why we did or else I'd have it fixed by now, but 
I mean, we've gotten better over the course of 2021. Uh, we're by far a better race team than we were in 2020. Uh, it sucks that this race season's about to end because there's still a lot of things that I want to try. But at the same time, too, uh, we got to look at our checkbook and kind of see where we are financially to see if, to, to, well, to know what what decisions we should make. Uh, for example, the Outlaws are going to port later this year, um, I think October 8th and October 9th. But when we can stay home and run for $3,500 at Latrobe versus going out there and praying we make the show, having to buy a hotel room, it just it doesn't quite make sense. So uh, we were fortunate enough to go up to the Tusky weekend, make all three shows, which was our goal. Uh, we brought home a little bit of money there and then um, ended up securing the Lernerville title by one point. So that gave us a little extra cash. And I mean, uh, my dad and I have sat down here in the garage after this past Friday. We both agree that running these three local shows to finish the year out is probably a good idea. And if we can get through all this in one piece, we have pretty much everything in place that we need to start off 2022 in a good manner. And um, we've recovered a lot from what we heard at the beginning of the year. So we're in a good position. We just have three more races to get through. Well, you mentioned Red Robin. Let's mention your other sponsors. Yeah, for sure. Um, Everybody else is out here in Western PA and They've been supporters of my father and myself for a very long time. I can't thank them enough. Uh, Dave and Tracy Ferguson with Ferguson Heating and Air Conditioning. Uh, they just welcomed, welcomed a brand-new grandbaby. Uh, his name's Parker, so congratulations to Nick and Alina on that one. Um, hopefully we can see him at the races here soon, too. i got to make him a little sprint car fan. Uh, but i got to thank Dave and Debbie Hardman as well with Fence by Maintenance Service. Uh, Chernigan Construction, Paul's been a great supporter of mine, especially through this whole housing bubble that's been going on. He hasn't stepped down one bit, and I really appreciate that. Uh, J.D. Byrider out here in Monroeville, um, Johnny Carpet, uh, they got stores in Vandergrift as well as Freeport. And then on top of that, too, uh, we always have had sponsorship from Stanford's Glass Service. They've been with my dad for a very long time. Carl's been a great supporter as well. Uh, we just have a lot of backing with some very, very good people, uh, Townsend Gas and Oil, those guys. It's just, uh, it's been an incredible career so far. We've been in this sport for eight years. I've welcomed a lot of great people on board, like doctors and FI Care Center also. So uh, just the fact that I, there's a lot of drivers that go into the offseason and they're, they're nervous, they're anxious because they're afraid sponsors are going to leave. And we haven't had that position because most of these guys have become longtime friends, family basically for us. And it's really meant a lot that I can focus more on my driving and building this team than worrying about trying to constantly find new supporters to get us to the racetrack week in and week out. Well, it's how you treat your sponsors. That's just good common sense. And as far as your plans for the final races of the season, you're using financial logic, and that's smart. You have to go what the budget uh, allows. Uh, We're coming up on a break. Uh, Any closing thoughts anyone else you'd like to thank? You've got to thank the parents, obviously. Um, and just to touch on your mark as well, I mean, Don, you better than anybody probably know what my grandfather raced with and what my father raced with. And uh, there's no doubt in my mind that I'm in a better position financially than any of those two were. Uh, my father, or excuse me, my grandfather literally raced to put food on the table for my grandmother and uh, his kids. So um, he, he, my dad tells me all the time that my grandfather would have hundreds of more wins if he would have raced the way he the way my dad expected him to but that wasn't the case with my grandfather um but he rarely ever wrecked race cars and he was always in the top three and i mean it it that that mindset is basically what won us this title this year at Lernerville. uh we didn't win any races but 
I mean, we were always in the top five. Um, besides one night where we were wrecked in the heat race and I got zero points, uh, we were second three or four times, third three or four times, and we had a worse finish of six. So, uh, I mean, there's times where I want myself to drive harder and take more risks, but um, I was always raised with that mindset that uh, we got to pay for our own stuff. Um, this is all my money here, and if I mean, not only not only money, but if I wreck something, I'm the one who has to fix it. Uh, I don't have a paid crew or anything like that. So uh, I got to thank my parents. Um, obviously, everything my grandfather was able to do for me, even though I never got to know him, but his legacy and his mindset has carried down into into my father and into me. And I think it's really helped my racing career. Uh, my girlfriend Ashley, for her continued support, all the crew, Dave. We have a bunch of Daves on our team. They all know who they are. Um, my uncle Doug. Rod Kaysen, Matt Allen. Uh, we got a lot of good guys here. I mean, this this sport isn't easy. Anybody that's listening, and Don, you know that as well. Um, if, if somebody works hard, they can take care of it themselves, but it's a lot harder to race when you're concerned about a lot of things. And uh, my mother handles a lot of stuff on her own, like the merchandise. My dad will chip in here and there, but he's having a good time too with his mod lights. So I'm rambling on here, Don, but I just want to make sure I thank everybody and I wouldn't be here without them. There's no questions about that. I think you did a fine job. We should also close with the note that Grandpap was a late model champion, Dad was a modified champion, and you're the sprint car champion. Must be something in the water out in that part of town. Yeah, but I can't tell you how much I razz my dad, Don. He's only got one modified championship at Lernerville, and I've got five sprint ones. So hopefully (laughs) I can keep adding more to that uh, title list and I'll keep rising about it, too. (laughs) AJ, thanks for being with us. Uh, We'll see you up at the track. I always have a good time, Don. Thanks, bud. This portion of today's program was brought to you by Alternative Power Sources. Toma's Meat Market is a full-service, old-fashioned butcher shop and meat market. Their stores nestled in the farmlands of western Pennsylvania, where they've been for over 50 years. They hand-select cattle and hogs purchased from local farmers. At Toma's, they can help you prepare for anything from your own family's dinner to a special graduation party, a company picnic, an anniversary celebration, a wedding reception, or a whole host of other things. They can prepare entrees and have them ready for pickup or delivery in foil chafer pans. Just heat them and eat them. Please call or stop by to find out about putting a package of these ideas together for your special event. The taste and the service are out of this world. Toma's Meat Market, located at 748 Dinner Bell Road in Saxonburg, PA. For additional information, please give them a call at 724-352-2020. That's 724-352-2020. Number One Cochrane has created a new way, a faster way, an easier way to buy a car. Now you can complete as much of the process as you'd like online and spend less time in store or do it all online and get home delivery. Expressway is way easy to use. Just shop our nearly 20 new car brands and thousands of pre-owned vehicles to find the model that's perfect for you. We're big on transparency, so you get our best possible price up front. We call it our clear-cut price, and it's independently validated by Kelly Blue Book right on your screen. Our experts are standing by to help you throughout the entire buying process. You can also stop at any time, save where you are, and come to the showroom to pick up where you left off. Don't love your new vehicle? Don't worry, we'll take it back, no questions asked. 
Best of all, Expressway is open 24-7. That means you can buy your way with Expressway right away. Number one, Cochrane. See it all at Cochrane.com. Since 1974, Environmental Air Incorporated has provided quality sheet metal and HVAC services in the greater Pittsburgh area. They're a commercial sheet metal contractor. Founded in 1974 by Glade Neal, Environmental Air is a family-owned union sheet metal company currently managed by Paul and Craig Neal. The people of Environmental Air are both a team and a family. They believe customer service is important. They value their employees and know that together they can have a meaningful impact on each project or service they provide. Residential service is not available due to the magnitude of their commercial work. 47 years of excellent customer service is the foundation of this successful company. Environmental Air is located at 1100 McCartney Street, Pittsburgh, PA, 15220. For additional information, call 412-922-8988. And now, more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Tyler Harris. Fans, welcome back to Rapid on Racing. I'm Tyler Harris, and I'm standing next to Nick Kachuba, driver of the number 10 Penn Ohio Pro Stock here at the Pits of Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. Nick, welcome to Rapid on Racing, and uh, thanks for joining us tonight for an interview. No problem, Tyler. My pleasure. So let's talk about um, just pretty much a brief overview of why you got into racing, you know, how it all kind of happened for you, why you decided to get into racing, and just kind of let the listeners and the fans at home know about, you know, how everything kind of came together for you. Well, I've been a race fan pretty much my entire life. Um, it goes back to my grandfather, my mom's dad, uh, was involved with a group that raced out of Greater Pitt Spe- Speedway in Clinton. Um, so she spent a lot of time at the racetrack. And then when she started dating my dad, dragged him to the racetrack, and that's pretty much all it took. Uh, you know, I was born the same year that this place opened. They were bringing me back here the next year, and every Saturday night, that's what we did. We came to the races, sat up in the grandstands and watched. Always wanted to do it. Said I was going to do it. My parents told me, you have to graduate college first and get a job. So I graduated from Edinburgh in 2001. In the 2002 season, we had a car out here, and we got started racing. You mentioned your job, and that's actually something I wanted to talk about, too. We'll we'll jump back to the racing stuff, but you brought it up. So the interesting thing about you is that uh, you are an educator. And talk to us about just kind of like your career path from, from graduating from Edinburgh. Yeah, I graduated from Edinburgh with a degree in secondary math education. I uh, spent the first few years uh, just kind of bouncing around as a permanent sub at a few districts uh, and then uh, caught on with Pennsylvania Distance Learning Charter School, which is one of the 14 cyber schools across the state of Pennsylvania. I uh, started with them the year that they opened, and I've been working there ever since. Uh, this will be my 18th school year with them. And I was, was a math teacher, was the math teacher when we started, then taught the higher level high school math courses, and now I'm part of the leadership team in the administration of the school. That's awesome. That's good news. Uh, pretty cool how, you know, different, pretty much where your career is, and then you're a racer. And you wouldn't think that, you know, a race car driver would be a teacher, but there's there's a lot of them out there. So it's kind of cool. Let's uh, let's talk back to the racing stuff. Talk to me about your first couple seasons in racing. You know, what was it like? What were you driving? And uh, just talk to me about your experiences, you know, coming up through and, and getting the hang of things. Yeah, you know, we first start. we started in the pure stock class here, which is what this class is. Uh, 
what we want this class started as. I joke around it. I haven't changed classes, but this class has sure changed on me a couple times throughout the last 19 seasons. Um, but yeah, we started riding the pure stocks. We built our own car. I started with a gutted Monte Carlo and I uh, had a, a, worked on it with a buddy and another friend of his started the cage and then got to a point. I finally dragged it home and my dad maybe reluctantly got into it then and I finished building well in the cage together, built my first engine. And, you know, from there on out, we came down from the grandstands, not really knowing much about racing, but still did it all ourselves. And uh, those first few years were tough. That first car only lasted a season and a half um, before we had to build the second one. Um, but it was a great learning experience. You know, it was just a dream come true for me to finally get out on the racetrack and get started racing. Like you said, the difference between cars now and what cars used to be back then, you could you pretty much go to a junkyard and get parts off a car and, and rebuild it and be back out the next night where as now where it's at with the Penn Ohio series, it's not that easy anymore. You're you're more focused on getting parts and actual parts for cars that are being built. Yeah, for sure. Uh, there's not a whole lot of stock left on this car, you know, about three quarters of the frame. And I'm probably one of the still few cars that aren't clip cars uh, in, in that division anymore. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's crazy how much has evolved over the years to where we're at now. So talk to me about uh, kind of like your progression through the years as well. Obviously, from the start, a lot of learning process and a lot of the changes to the cars, too. You know, what's that change been like? Has it always kept things pretty interesting? And does that kind of fit? Are you the kind of person that kind of doesn't like a whole lot of change and you're, you're more comfortable with where you're at and where things are at? Or are you kind of person that enjoys the challenge of things changing and, and overcoming those adversities? Yeah, I prefer not to make too many changes. When I figure something out and kind of like to stick with it, uh, I guess there's a little, little bit of fear that we make the wrong change and we go the wrong direction. Um, and we've had it happen to us. You know, when we got to learning, I mean, it took us four or five years to win our first race. Um, and it was out of nowhere. Like, I didn't even want a heat race at that point and, and like barely cracked a top 10 here at the time. And then out of nowhere one night, Started up front, held them off, and got that first first victory. And then three years later, the second one came. Um, and then, you know, we got on a little bit of a roll. We were pretty good for a few years. And then all of a sudden, the technology came in and just blew right past us. Um, and, you know, we had always built our own stuff up until this car here. And I purchased this car off of Jeff Pronoszewski three years ago. Um, it, was, it was, I think, originally built in 2011 as an SS car. Um, it's had some work done on it by the Gordons whenever Jeff owned it, and now we've done a few of our own little things to it as we've learned more as the technology's progressed. Uh, so it's been very interesting. Um, and we've done more. My brother and I have gone to a, a, a class recently and a couple seminars just try to learn more about the racing stuff that we didn't know a lot about and try to make it better. And now we're getting to the point where we're willing to make some small tweaks you know, every week, try to make it a little bit better. You know, we've been running Lernerville a bit this year um, and have made some small changes throughout the course of the few times we've been up there and have gotten the car better, too. Uh, so it's been very encouraging to see the changes that we're making make such a difference and uh, having a pretty good year so far. Yeah, the uh, recent changes have definitely shown. I mean, your progression, at, even at Lernerville Speedway, for example, at this point of the year has been pretty obvious. You've been where you needed to be, and you've been making really good runs. Um, and, uh, yeah, so the progression is definitely noticeable. Fans, if you're just tuning in, we are speaking with Nick Achuba, driver of the number 10 Penn Ohio Pro Stock. We're going to cut to a quick commercial break to hear a word from our sponsors, and when we return, we'll finish up with the interview. This portion of tonight's program is brought to you by Zarin Truck and Automotive. 
Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway would like to congratulate all of our 2021 division champions. In the Rorick Automotive Rush Dirt Late Models, Daryl Charlier. In the Admar Penn Ohio Pro Stocks, Nick Kachuba. In the Priority Equipment Rental Hobby Stocks, Frank McGill. In the Crawford Auto Repair Four Cylinders, Bill Tennant. And in the Always Safe Flagging and Traffic Control Young Guns, Logan Catellus. PPMS would also like to thank all of our drivers, crews, super snuffers, staff, and especially our loyal fans for a great 20. 2021. Special thanks to our 2021 marketing partners, Rorick Automotive Group, Admar, Priority Equipment Rental, Crawford Auto Repair, Always Safe Flagging and Traffic Control, Calusi Chevrolet, Precise Racing Products, RockAuto.com, Zarin Truck and Automotive, Jones Motorsports, Snap-on Tools, Yingling, J.R. Hall Excavating, Falcone's Moon Township Automotive, Octane Customs, Mastro Ice, and RacingJunk.com. Be sure to watch our social media streams during the off-season. On Facebook, it's Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. On Twitter, it's at PA Motor Speedway. And as always, at PPMS.com. Racers for Tots is a nonprofit organization composed of a group of racing enthusiasts who have come together to raise money through various fundraisers and raffles to purchase toys for children in need during the Christmas season. Founded in 1999, Racers for Tots has raised over $2 million to purchase toys and bicycles for children in need across western Pennsylvania. Racers for Tots donates to Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh, the Children's Institute of Pittsburgh, the Salvation Army, Father Ryan's Outreach Center, Children of Murder Victims, Catholic Charities, Bikes for Children with Autism, and any local organization that benefits families with children in need. This year, the organization will celebrate 21 years, and there are many local and regional raffles and fundraisers planned. And if you see the Racers for Tots car at your local Speedway, be sure to purchase a $10 ticket for a chance to win the Racers for Tots grand prize, a brand new rocket race car. This car is valued at about $50,000. For additional information, call 412-952-4723 or go to info at racersfortots.org. A message for all racers, race fans, or campers. Alternative Power Sources Incorporated, located in western Pennsylvania since 1995, we have proudly served homeowners and businesses throughout portions of Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia, offering a complete line of generators and the ability to provide turnkey projects. From sales and rentals to service, maintenance, and installation, Alternative Power Sources is dedicated to providing reliable generator solutions. Their brands include MTU, Kohler, Gillette, Yamaha, Powertech, and ASCO. The experienced sales force has over 40 years' experience in the generator field, providing the resources to design the generator package to meet your needs and specifications and supply the specified products. If service is important to you, they are your source. Alternative Power Sources. For more information, call 1-800-894-4455. And now, more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Tyler Harris. 
fans, welcome back to Wrapping on Racing. I'm Tyler Harris, and I'm standing beside driver of the number 10, uh, Penn Ohio Pro Stock. His name is Nick Achuba. Nick, welcome back to Wrapping on Racing, and we'll go ahead and finish up the second part of the interview. So we talked a little bit about your progression through the years, about how the, the Pro Stock class has changed. Um, talk to me real quick, too, while we talk about the class of Pro Stocks changing. Talk to me about the Penn Ohio Series and what it's done for you Pro Stock drivers. Yeah, I know for me, it was an opportunity to kind of get out and you know, spread our wings a little bit and even learn even more. Uh, we had run Pittsburgh basically straight through. We were here every Saturday night and didn't miss a show from 2003 until basically about three or four years ago when I started to follow the tour a bit more. And then we you know, missed a couple nights here and there following the tour. But it was an opportunity to get out and try some different tracks, get some different experience. And, man, you're running against the best of the best in this division when you go to those shows. Um, so it was a real learning opportunity for me as a driver, an opportunity to be better for me as a driver. And now, you know, we did that for a few years. And that tour, you know, uh, Sean and Deanna do a great job with that tour. And over the years, have put together some really uh, you know, great races, a pretty extensive schedule. Um, and we were traveling all over the place, you know, between the couple shows we had here, Sharon, uh, Lernerville, all the way up the state line, a little track like Erie's, you know, I'm used to this place, 5 8 mile, and then I go to Erie's, like, ah, which is funny, because it's the track I've won my only Penn Ohio Pro Stock heat race at was Erie's, of all places. Uh, but just getting those experience, running against different guys, getting to know different guys uh, has been the, the best part of it for us. And, you know, it, it's a family thing for us. We go out there, try these different things, and now we're pretty much back here, between here and Lernerville full-time uh, for this year. And I think we've seen the experiences that we've gotten out on the tour, you know, help us out back home, too. And talk to me, too, about some of your career highlights. You mentioned a couple wins here and there. You mentioned a heat race win with the Penn Ohio Pro Stocks. And I believe you have a track championship here in Pittsburgh as well? Yeah, we won a championship here in 2013. and got about half a dozen second-place finishes here. Um, you know, we won the Sportsman of the Year Award here one year, which I take great honor in. That was you know, probably my biggest honor is to be recognized, you know, with that. Um, and we won a couple of circle track club championships and now we're up to 17 career feature race wins here I'd love to get a feature race at a different track. Uh, that's like my number one goal right now uh, but you know, I'm couldn't be really more happy with you know the things that we've been able to accomplish as just a small family team uh, coming out here and, and having fun at the racetrack. Now let's jump ahead to this season. Definitely showing a lot of speed at a lot of tracks you go at. It's got to give you a lot of confidence when you show up to a racetrack to know that you're going to be one of the top contenders at this point. Yeah, you know, it's the first year I've won more than one feature in the season since 2013. So, again, I think it just goes back to the stuff we were talking about, you know, making us better. Um, and so hope to continue that trend as we finish out the season here. Um, and, uh, you know, we're going to run full-time here for the rest of the year. We get up to Lernerville probably a couple times a month uh, throughout the rest of the season. I know we're going to go up there next week and, like I said, just kind of space it out and uh, get out there a couple times a month and see how it goes there. So let's go ahead and talk about next season. Pretty much you're going to go with the same idea, stick with the same car, stick with the same series? Yeah, we'll definitely be running Pro Stock next year. Um, who knows what the future holds about where we'll be. Uh, but, you know, as long as this place is going, we'll be here supporting. Uh, this is the track that you know, grew my love for the sport. And I'll be here supporting this place as long as it's here to be you know, to support. Um, and then you know, we'll join the series and bounce around and do a couple of those shows and you know, continue to run some more at Lernerville, I think, because we're having a lot of fun up there. 
talk to me too about the people who help make it happen for you because it can't be done without sponsors, without crew. Uh, let's take some time to thank the special people in your life to help you, you know, fulfill your passion, fulfill your hobby. Yeah, you know, the, the number one person I have to thank every time is my dad. Um, he's my chief mechanic, uh, fabricator, engine builder. You know, back in those early years without him, there's no way that I'd be out here. And even now without his work, there's no way that we'd be out here racing every week. Uh, you know, we're, just, we're a small team. It's me, my dad, and my brother, pretty much the crew, anytime we go out racing. Uh, but the rest of my family's always here supporting me. You know, my mom, who, remember mom, you started this. <laughs> uh, she's the one who got us in it. Uh, my supportive wife, Shauna. Um, my niece, Reagan, who, my junior crew chief, that we like to call her, um, and my sister-in-law, Leanne, you know, they're here every week uh, supporting us. Uh, i got to thank the sponsors, Clark and Chiropractic, who's been on the car since the beginning, uh, Berg Gaming, uh, Hanky Farms Auto, Renegade Race Fuels, uh, Duritz's Shop and Saves, RYM Race Graphics. I think that's it. <laughs> well, they certainly know who they are, and I'm sure that they uh, they appreciate the support. So thank you very much for your time, Nick. We appreciate your time with us here on Wrapping on Racing, and uh, good luck tonight. Good luck the rest of the season. And, uh, again, thanks for being on the show with us. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. This portion of tonight's program was brought to you by Zarin Truck and Automotive. Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway would like to congratulate all of our 2021 division champions. In the Rorick Automotive Rush Dirt Late Models, Daryl Charlier. In the Admar Penn Ohio Pro Stocks, Nick Kachuba. In the Priority Equipment Rental Hobby Stocks, Frank McGill. In the Crawford Auto Repair Four Cylinders, Bill Tennant. And in the Always Safe Flagging and Traffic Control Young Guns, Logan Catellis. PPMS would also like to thank all of our drivers, crews, super snuffers, staff, and especially our loyal fans for a great 20. 2021. Special thanks to our 2021 marketing partners, Rorick Automotive Group, Admar, Priority Equipment Rental, Crawford Auto Repair, Always Safe Flagging and Traffic Control, Calusi Chevrolet, Precise Racing Products, RockAuto.com, Zarin Truck and Automotive, Jones Motorsports, Snap-on Tools, Yingling, J.R. Hall Excavating, Falcone's Moon Township Automotive, Octane Customs, Mastro Ice, and RacingJunk.com. Be sure to watch our social media streams during the off-season. On Facebook, it's Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. On Twitter, it's at PA Motor Speedway. And as always, at PPMS.com. Are you in need of financial planning or portfolio review? Rick Sabo of RPS Financial Solutions is an independent financial planner who has testified as an expert witness on insurance and investment fraud. He helps people who are concerned about their portfolio or with other financial matters. His services include investments, pension, and 401k rollovers, estate planning, life insurance, and long-term care alternatives. As a registered IRS tax preparer, he can assist retirees with the completion of property tax rebate forms and other government tax reduction programs at no charge. Mr. Sabo does not charge a fee to meet with potential clients for a fact find. His office is located at 5061 Route 8, Gibsonia, PA. If you are in need of any of the services that he provides, give him a call at 724-443-5720. That's 724-443-5720. Or email him at rick.sabo at jwcemail.com. Securities offered through J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, member of FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated, neither J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated or J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, nor its representatives provide legal, tax preparation, or accounting advice. Persons who provide such advice do so in a capacity other than as a registered representative of J.W.C.A. J.W.C. 
RPS Financial Solutions and JWC, JWCA are unaffiliated entities. Located in beautiful Somerset County in western Pennsylvania's picturesque Laurel Highlands, the Jennerstown Speedway Complex hosts exciting Saturday night racing from May to September. Come see daring drivers compete in late models, modifieds, pro stocks, street stocks, chargers, and the fast and furious fours. Special events include the Motor Mountain Masters, NASCAR Whalen Modifieds, ISMA sanctioned Super Modifieds, the Super Cup Stock Car Series, and Enduro races. The Jennerstown Speedway Complex takes great pride in providing fun, affordable family entertainment. The 6 p.m. start time allows the younger fans the opportunity to enjoy the entire show, including at the completion of each weekly event. Everyone in attendance is invited into the pits to meet the drivers and see the cars up close. Spend your Saturday nights in Somerset County at the Jennerstown Speedway Complex. Listeners, joining us now, one of the most successful drivers in the Pro Stocks, as well as several other series, Daryl Charlier. Daryl, thanks for joining us. Hey, Don. Thanks for having me. The Charlier tradition goes way back, and I had the honor in the 60s of racing with your grandfather at Greater Pittsburgh Speedway. Had no idea what a gentleman he was and how I would later on in life, get to spend a lot of time with uh, his son and his grandson. Um, you, I, know, I doubt if you had any opportunities to see Grandpap race, because I don't think you're old enough. But I watched your dad race, and I watched you coming up through the ranks. No matter what division you were racing in, you'd find your way to victory lane. Your first uh, effort in racing, was it in a modified? W- which division did you start in? Yeah, well, I, we started in the uh, UMP Modifieds racing at Pittsburgh Motor Speedway. And then there was a time when you were racing with your dad. That had to be pretty nice. Yeah, uh, it was. It was fun. Um, there was a lot of bickering at the shop who was going to win <laughs> or who's who's going to beat who. I think yeah. there was a few bets going on. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was exciting. We did it for a couple years, I think. It wasn't that much, but... Uh, uh, it was an experience I can at least uh, remember for the rest of my life. Whenever there's a father-son, brothers, brother-sister, dad-son, uh, I interviewed Bobby Waring Jr. many years ago, and I said, how hard do you drive when you're racing against your dad? He said, it's the hardest I could possibly drive. <laughs> Same thing, the bragging, yeah. bragging rights in the garage. <laughs> Yes, there's definitely truth to that, for sure. <laughs> now, you, you've won in everything. Right now, you're probably the hottest thing in the pro stocks in the 114 car. How did you get connected with that team? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'm the hottest thing, but we, we definitely are very competitive uh, with it. And and I was fortunate enough that my dad built Modifieds when I was growing up, and that's main reason why I jumped into that class, but uh, Ed LeBoon and Vince LeBoon ended up purchasing a car from my dad for Vince the race. Um, my dad actually drove that car, I believe, the first year, um, so I was always around the LeBoon family, um, hung out with them all the time. Uh, Ed's other son, Ben, was is my age, um, so we always hung out together. And then when Ben started driving, you know, we were we were always together, whether we were at our shop in Midway or or their shop uh, near Bethel Park. Um, you know, that's when it all started when when we were childhood 
uh, or in our childhood, just running around, hanging out at the shop and, and going to the races, watching them race. My favorite Daryl Charlier chassis story was when he built a Panther chassis for Mark Flick to drive at Motordrome. And I believe Mark won everything there but the 50-50 raffle. And I saw Dad, <laughs> I saw Dad at the Lernerville at the concession stand one night, and I said, what was the secret of the Panther chassis? And he said, I have no idea. But, boy, it was a good car. Where did that car? Yeah, I think this, yeah, I, was gonna say, I think the secret was Mark Flick. <laughs> well, it, that wasn't bad. <laughs> Where did that car end up? Does anybody know? Oh, that car made its paces around, um, but I'm not 100% sure. He, he built, my dad built uh, quite a few of them, 10 maybe, uh, on top of what he built for the dirt cars. Um, but I believe uh, I was speaking with someone um, just a few weeks ago. Uh, I can't I can't remember their name, but they mentioned that they were still racing uh, one of the old Panther chassis dirt modifieds uh, around and, and still doing pretty good in it, which is surprising for how old it, how old they are now. All right, let's uh, fast forward to the current time here in the 114. It, it, it doesn't matter where I go to the races. If you don't win, you got a podium finish. A little uh, brief rundown on this season so far, uh, tracks where you've been and or wins while you were there. Yeah, I mean, we we haven't got a chance to go to as many places I think we wanted to this this year. But um, Brad from Centerline Motorsports came on real strong this year and wanted to um, do something different and and got us back into the crate division racing um, uh, a crate late model with them. And on top of that, the street stock. Um, we've been fortunate enough that we went to Lernerville in the street stock at the beginning of the year. Got our first win there at Lernerville, um, came back one again there, and then we had a couple close finishes um, in the last two or three visits that we've been to Lernerville. So with the street stock, it's been very strong. Um, also, um, one of the hardest ones to lose, I'll say, was the Ed Laboon race at Pittsburgh, um, where we came up and, and took the lead uh, halfway through that race. And unfortunately, with just a few laps to go, uh, blew out a tire and and stuffed it into the wall pretty hard. But um, uh, we've also been we were just recently at Tri City where we turned fastest time in our group. Um, but unfortunately, had a flat tire running uh, fifth or sixth in that race. Um, but we definitely, I feel like we have a good car. We have a strong car. We're we're always a contender anywhere we can go with it. Um, and we're trying to do the same with the crate late model as well. Now, if I understand correctly, you're the point leader at Pittsburgh. Is that right? Yeah, honestly, I don't pay attention to it, but that's what everybody tells me. Um, I kind of gave up on point racing five, six years ago. I learned that it really can mess with the way that you drive, and, and it was best just to ignore it and just do, do your thing as, as best as you can. And if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. You'll get the championship, but I believe that is correct. Um, we we didn't have intentions on racing Pittsburgh every week. It just happened to work out that way, where we're practically there every week with the with the crate late model. Well, you know, when you think about it, not only does it affect your driving, but it could affect your life or your business. If you're just joining us, 
We're talking to Daryl Charlier, current point leader, even though he's not watching it, at Pittsburgh. Now, we mentioned business, and you have a growing uh, new business. Let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so we have a business. It's Three Rivers Karting. Uh, it's an indoor all-electric go-kart facility here in Leedsdale, Pennsylvania. And it is grown. We're going to celebrate three years. At the end of November, we added axe throwing last year uh, during COVID. Unfortunately, we had to shut down because of it. Um, and we spent that time building building up the axe throwing lanes and stuff like that so we can have more things to offer to our customers and we're also looking to expand even more, um, bringing in food here shortly. And um, I know it doesn't sound good, but alcohol. Um, but I don't know what racetrack you go to, and there's not somebody drinking a beer. So uh, we're definitely going to have that here as well. And we're trying to add a few more attractions just to continue to grow this company. You might want to restrict the beer in the axe throwing section. <laughs> Apparently, that's where most people do all the drinking. <laughs> where, now, I've never heard of that. Where did that come from? The axe throwing? Yeah. Uh, it originated in Canada somewhere, I don't know, five, six years ago, or maybe even longer now. I can't remember, but it's definitely have been, it's been growing a lot. You find them typically at a bar, uh, usually a bar or a bowling alley, um, have them in there but uh, that was something that we wanted to add to our facility it's it's easy to do it's it's fun it's entertaining it's great to do with people um to bring other people with you to do um or you can do it by yourself if you really want to um once you do it it, it gets pretty exciting and and it's just as competitive as racing you mentioned centerline how about if we mention the other people involved as sponsors on the team Oh, yeah, George from Bud's. I mean, he's been with me for a long time now. Um, you know, George is, George is one of the guys that kept me going, uh, especially when we were starting the business and stuff like that. He, he wanted to keep us on the track and keep us racing. So George from um, Bud's place has been a huge help. Um, Centerline Collision, Posties, uh, which is a neighbor from uh, Ben Laboon's shop, the J&J. Um, AccuForce, Keith Burner, has, has helped us a lot with, with my program, especially in the Crate Late model, and, and hopefully in the future here as we plan to move to Super Lates and do some more Super Late racing next year. Um, oh, Bob Siemens Garage Doors, uh, obviously Three Rivers Karting, and I'm sure I'm missing a whole bunch, but you know, basically the, the family that I have around the sport is what's the most important to us, and and that would be my wife, my son, uh, Benny, and his family, and Adam, John, Dave, Kayla, Brad, George. Um, those are the ones that make it worthwhile every weekend to to hang out with them and enjoy what we do together. You're a lucky man. Not only a wife that supports racing, but a wife that's racing. Uh, does that make you nervous? Uh, it, it doesn't. Surprisingly, it does not. Um, I'm extremely entertained by it. Uh, probably more entertained than driving myself sometimes, just because of watching her learn, um, 
learn the process of how things work and stuff like that. When when things happen on the track, I can just picture or imagine what she's going through in the seat, and it just makes me laugh about it. But <laughs> she's uh, she's definitely improving, and she has the drive to be better, and um, she's been starting to stay with the pack and stuff like that, so it's been getting pretty exciting. And she's starting to get a little bit harder on herself, so I could tell that it's starting to get a little bit more serious uh, with her. But um, it's definitely fun. Uh, it keeps us even more busier than what we already are. And your son is racing carts, so now we're talking fourth generation Charlier family racing. Yeah, Don, it's happening too fast. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, there's a full family ordeal here. But yeah, Jaden's racing go-karts at Schaefer Motor Speedway um, every Wednesday night. Um, he got his first win a couple weeks ago, so that was pretty exciting and and, um, you know, that needle just keeps on getting deeper in everybody's arms. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to thank you for being with us. I know how busy you are. You had to stop some things at work to do this, and it's much appreciated. Have we covered everything? I think we did. I mean, once again, thanks to my wife, thanks to the family, thanks to everybody that helps support this. Uh, definitely wouldn't be here and talking to you if it wasn't for them and and as always, I make time for you, Don, anytime. Thank you. Racers for Tots is a nonprofit organization composed of a group of racing enthusiasts who have come together to raise money through various fundraisers and raffles to purchase toys for children in need during the Christmas season. Founded in 1999, Racers for Tots has raised over $2 million to purchase toys and bicycles for children in need across western Pennsylvania. Racers for Tots donates to Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh, the Children's Institute of Pittsburgh, the Salvation Army, Father Ryan's Outreach Center, Children of Murder Victims, Catholic Charities, Bikes for Children with Autism, and any local organization that benefits families with children in need. This year, the organization will celebrate 21 years, and there are many local and regional raffles and fundraisers planned. And if you see the Racers for Tots car at your local Speedway, be sure to purchase a $10 ticket for a chance to win the Racers for Tots grand prize, a brand new rocket race car. This car is valued at about $50,000. For additional information, call 412-952-4723 or go to info at racersfortots.org. Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, put your hands together for the always safe traffic control Young Guns winner tonight, Emmy Laboon. I know you're not going to be speechless on this one. Emmy, come on over. You've been knocking on the door all year. You've got, I remember those early laps, slow but steady, slow but steady. You got faster and faster through the season. I watched you progress. I watched you tonight go in with such confidence and wanted to. You were actually doing a little slide job in there. And, it, you know, how good did it feel? I mean, not only is this is your first win. You know, your family's history here with the, the 14, the 114, a lot of victory lanes you've been in as a, a family member. But how good does it feel to pick up? Your first win at Pennsylvania Motor Speedway and the first feature win, not only for you, but tonight here at the Pittsburgh 100 weekend. Yeah, it feels great. That 05T is pretty fast, and I never thought I could beat him, but it feels good. 
there's a lot of effort to this, and I, I see the one guy that's standing. It's a big part of it right across from me, and I, him, without him, I don't think any of this would be possible. Yeah, um, he helps me a lot on the car and just gives me a lot of advice and stuff, so I just try to um, go with his advice, and hopefully it works. You've been so close. You were second last week. Did you ever think that in 2021 you'd be standing in a victory lane talking to the fans at Pennsylvania Motor Speedway? No, I never thought that would happen. Let's talk about your crew, the people that help you, and your sponsors. Obviously, it's Centerline Collision is a big part of it. Uh, anybody else? Um, Centerline, my dad, my mom, John Kay. Kay's my best friend. i got to thank her a lot. Um, BJP Racing and Centerline. When you go back to school on Monday, how special is it going to be to tell your classmates, I picked up my first feature win at Pennsylvania Motor Speedway? Yeah, they know I race and ask me every week if I won, and now I can tell them I did. Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, let's put your hands together for a night's feature winner and the always safe young guns, Lemmy Laboon. We hope you enjoyed tonight's program. Wrappin' on Racing is available every Monday at 6 p.m. on Apple TV, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, and RappinOnRacing.com. We want to thank Jennerstown Speedway, the title sponsor for Wrappin' on Racing, and our marketing partners, Alternative Power Sources, Environmental Air Incorporated, plus Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, RPS Financial Solutions, Toma Mean Market, and Zarin Truck and Automotive. Additionally, thanks go to co-hosts Dave Oliveri and our reporters, Howie Bayless, Tyler Harris, Bill Korch, Tom Lang, and Jim Zufall. Special thanks to our senior engineers and technical advisors, Bill Korch, Ted Luzik, and Gary Scott, along with Bob Miller, our multimedia data collection facilitator. That's all for this week's Rapid on Racing. I'm Lenny Baticki. We'll see you next time.